Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Big Week in Gaming podcast. And what do you know? It's been a big week in gaming. Sort of. I'm into God for episode 24 on Sunday, the 27th of December, 2020. As always, I'm joined by the greatest Xbox RPG player in the Southern Hemisphere, a billion people, the official Xbox Hall of Famer, Swinney. <laughs> Yo. And next-gen gamer himself, Red Bull drinker, interrupter-in-chief, Mike. Oh, what? I do not interrupt. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. That's not true. <laughs> you actually have a Red Bull because I wrote that as a joke. I actually do have one, yes. <laughs> that is unbelievable. It's like, it's like I'm unintentionally advertising all these companies and I'm getting nothing for it. <laughs> that is unbelievable. Here's, here's the PlayStation Cup. <laughs> Buy a PlayStation. That is unreal. Well, uh, it, once again, it, I, I must also just clarify that I'm not officially in the Xbox Hall of Fame. Regardless no, of what no, the picture shows, are. regardless of what the picture shows, no one you will are. see this part of the show anyway. They'll just see a clip and they'll think that I'm in the Xbox Hall of Fame. <laughs> you are. You're you not are. even real. You're just they, the Xbox. We covered it last week. They redid the numbers and now you're actually officially in. Uh, yeah. And in this week, we'll be covering KFC's new custom PC that also heats chicken. Uh, a crazy minecraft speedrun story uh and then we also celebrate the best and the worst of this year in the big year in awards special no corrections oh, yeah. this week swinny Nah, no corrections because good. uh did a good week. i'm still still got ptsd from getting the mass effect of dragon age <laughs> multiplayer wrong you really I got screwed something up last that. week what what was it i don't know i don't remember but i definitely screwed something up last week and i remember telling you guys i screwed something up can we remember oh. this and we all forgot so that's fine oh okay that, that that's worrying. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Um, and in, in this week, Swinny, what what have you been playing? So this week, uh, so I have played a little bit more Dragon Quest, but not as much as I was expecting because two other games took my time. Uh, first is the Messenger. Oh yeah. Oh, you, you're also playing that. You both are playing that, aren't you? Well, I started playing it last week remember as part of the wrapping up um i kind of started it as wrapping up some of the 12 days of christmas stuff and then i just kept playing it because you know i wanted to and i beat the game i think i'm at the last section of no sorry i beat the game and beat the dlc but there's a couple of cool little achievements i might try to get in it which uh yeah and wrap that game up but uh yeah, that game is fantastic. I, it's really good. I kind of wish that we could have like a, you know, at some point a spoiler discussion around it once you've had a chance to play it uh, into COT. Um, oh, I'll, I'll prioritize it then. I'm going to yeah, get through. Yeah, prioritize it. It's really cool. There's a lot of things on my priority list. And, uh, uh, after that, I play the, the big, well, there's some other year games. So. So, that, um, so that was the game that occupied probably the first part of my week. And the other one, I just... I haven't been able to put down Valhalla, Assassin's Creed Valhalla again. <laughs> I've I've put so much time into that this week. You know, I'm on on break at the moment, and the the story in that game is picked up. But I've got a couple of things I just want to mention about mm. Valhalla. So they had a Yule Festival um, celebration, um, like an event. So it was actually it's a pretty neat idea. They give you some you know events that you can do, and then you get special tokens that you then use to get stuff, kind of like they do seasonal events in live service games. Mm. But the problem with this event is 
that it introduced a whole bunch, like it's introduced so many bugs and glitches that people are so pissed off oh, about this new, event. new bugs and glitches. Yes. And they're like, oh, like we can't wait for this event to be over, thinking that it's just <laughs> going to like, all the bugs will go away. Who knows what's going to happen? They might not. But, that's the, really crazy. So, I can't, like, what, how, how, yeah. How, uh, yeah. So it doesn't I, sound like it's that big of an update. How so do they got, introduce I, bugs? Well, I'm going to explain an example (laughs) of one of the most infamous bugs. So there is an event where you, and it's actually pretty cool, where you're fighting in an arena like bare-fisted fighting, but after each round, uh, Eivor, your character, drinks uh, Skulls and Mug of Beer, so each round you're getting drunker and drunker and drunker. It's actually a really fun concept. (laughs) Can can I I pause you? Is that Eivor or Eivor? You said Eivor. Eivor. Avor, not I believe it, No, I don't know which one. I'd just say Avor. So. <laughs> you played it for 40 hours, not me. I don't so. know. I don't know. Anyway. Um, so each... And then, like, it does cool stuff where you can't lock on to the enemies at some point because you lose oh, your cool. focus and everything. And then I'm like, okay, cool. Did that. Did some other categories. And then, you know, kept playing the game. And then I saved my game. Came back. Loaded it up. And oh, like, I see where this is going. I'm like, okay. Why am I drunk after loading my game? <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> and the when you're drunk, because in Valhalla in general, you can do drink competitions, and afterwards you're drunk for like a minute and a half. You're woozy. The like the screen is all like just all screwed up. And now every single time I load my game, I'm drunk. It's Permanently like, drunk what? or drunk for a minute? Drunk and a half for a time. minute and a half. Uh, every, every single it's time. It's funnier like, if you could finish the whole game drunk. And I looked it up. So many people have this problem. So this wow. is a very widespread issue that they, they haven't patched yet. That's so, kind of awesome. It's kind it's of like so of all the of all the bugs to have. That's one of the funnier ones. But unfortunately, mm. that's not the only bug that I have this week. And the other one is not funny in oh, any right. bloody way. So. This is probably not related to the the, the uh, Yule event, but I had a weird situation where, so one of the achievements in the game is to complete all the regions, which means doing everything in the game. Like, it's a huge achievement. They haven't put this kind of achievement in Assassin's Creed in ages. They didn't have it in the last two or anything. Mm. So they put it in this where you need to do find every single, what they call, piece of wealth, every single artifact, complete every Whoa. single event, everything. And I had a situation where a world event glitched out on me and I couldn't complete it. And I'm like, this achievement by itself is going to take like 100 hours, probably plus to complete. And I'm like, thankfully, the game, it's almost like they know. The the game has staggered autosaves where it keeps like four different (laughs) autosaves. I can see why now. (laughs) And I'm like... I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say it's a bad thing. That's actually a great feature, and some other games do it, and I'm I'm happy with that. But I'm like, thank God they do that. And now because because I know that stuff glitches out of me, I had another glitch yesterday where it didn't register. That I picked up one of the pieces of wealth, and I literally can't complete. If I keep playing the game, I probably can't complete it. That achievement, wow. which is like one of the biggest achievements in bloody probably in Assassin's Creed history. So. Thanks. Now I've got to basically be really careful about saving till they patch these glitches out. So I'm not happy with that. Why but... does that slip under the radar? I don't get it. Like, doesn't the game director go, oh, shit, isn't there a good probability that something will glitch out and people will miss out on this when you have to collect a thousand different things? I don't know. But... I think I'm going to go, this is a bad idea too. 
The last thing I'll just say is that the story in that game has really picked up. It's actually probably oh, cool. one of the best stories in Assassin's Creed game. So wow. really, really having a lot of fun with it. Other about, than how, the glitch. How about the length of the game? Because that's something that they said prior to launching they were going to shorten the main campaign. Well, so far it doesn't feel longer. The game itself with like the the completionist side of it, yes, because you didn't have to collect every single thing in Odyssey if you wanted to do everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing with the main campaign is it's hard to tell Assassin's Creed games because they will sometimes drop something and you're like, oh, I thought I was at the end and then suddenly there's a whole nother arc <laughs> or something. So <laughs> it's a lot of... I'll only be able to judge that um, properly until I think I've actually beat it. So, Okay, fair enough. How about you, Mike? What have you been playing? Cyberpunk, of course. Still loving the hell out of it. We're, we're talking about save glitches. We're not, you know, I think we're going to not cover Cyberpunk until there's like good news, right, about it. There was a hot fix the other day. I love it. I reckon it's awesome. Yeah, I've no, been no, really into that. Yeah. Yeah, now, you've said that a few times. And I actually, I've heard so many different views on it, but I probably say the people I respect the most have been saying, you know, hey, there is a really great game here. It's just... It needs you know, work. Uh, yeah, I, I stand by what I said. Like, they really should have just pulled the trigger when they delayed it and said, it's not going on consoles. We're going to yeah, focus absolutely. on PC yeah. and then console next year. Yeah. Because, yeah. Um, that's good. I've been enjoying it. No, unfortunately, no game-breaking bugs like what Swinney experienced. Um. But that, that's been really good. And, of course, The Messenger. To me, that is... When did it actually come out, Swinney? Was it this year or last year? Because I only saw it this year. It wasn't this year, no. no the game's it was, been out for ages. All right, been out for a while. At See, least to me, 2019, but I think it was 2018. It was the surprise game of the year for me. For many multiple reasons that we can't talk about. Because the spoilers galore. 2018. 2018. But it was absolutely the surprise game. So I've been playing that. It gets pretty difficult at times. And I feel like... Other games that were similar, like X and Verge, for example, is a good example. I probably would have given up by now. I would have gone, okay, this part's a little too difficult, eh, whatever. But with this one, I just wanted to keep pushing through. Mm. I remember I got stuck in one of the bosses, Winnie, the one with fire. doesn't really give much away. Yeah. And you, it's like Dark Souls. You really need to learn the strategy and then hone it down to just the perfect combination of button presses. It's really cool. There's one There's one boss in the DLC that took me ages, but also, it, yeah, I was so happy when I beat it. But to your note about um, difficulty, I've, it's definitely a super challenging game, but I found that it was just almost like perfectly balanced difficulty-wise it's for really me. really well balanced. And... Yeah. Now, do you see what I mean by saying the game makes you feel like a badass by the way you move around the levels? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Is. The, the only thing that I wish the game had, and then to me it'd be a perfect game, is double jump. Well, you do have a double jump. You just need to work for it. Yeah, I know you got to work for it, but I mean, I wish it didn't have to work for it. You just had an actual double jump. <laughs> it just breaks the whole design of the game if you well, don't. Of course it would. That's the thing. It would kind of change too many things. There's another game that I was playing, which uh, Grim... Grim Valor, I think. Grim Valor, what's it called? Jesus. It used to be a mobile game and it got ported to the Switch. Uh, part of the Souls-like genre, of course. Um, so I've been playing that as well this week. And that gives you a double jump from the get-go. And I was like, oh, thank you. Finally, a game where I can do a double jump and not have to, you know, go halfway through the game without it. So I think more games need double jumps. I have a double jump in Cyberpunk. 
there's there's a there's an upgrade you can get that gives you the ability to do a double jump and it's weird like it actually changes the game dynamic quite a bit because all of a sudden it in some places it actually plays like doom eternal it doesn't play like cyberpunk because you can just run around jumping and shooting things and it's it almost feels like a different game it's really weird so yeah, yeah that's, that's what that, i've been playing that's the positive feedback that i've heard about the game that if you want to be sneaky and hack and get around you can do that if you want to yeah. just balls to the wall combat shotguns you can do that if you want to you know jump around be a bit of a ninja with the katana you can also do that so see that's the thing i think i think people have been really in some ways rightfully so but i think they've been overly critical because Mm. the expectations are so high but if i compare that game to something like deus ex it offers me all of kind of a similar options in in the sense that you can approach a mission with stealth you can approach a mission with all guns blazing it's got a lot of the similar concepts yet a game like that never got review bombed and people didn't hate it i guess maybe because it didn't have as many bugs but yeah i think i think people are being a little overly critical for this game and if you if you kind of don't go crazy with i don't know stuff like uh trying to kill pedestrians and then worrying that the cops are going to appear out of nowhere because they obviously haven't put that in yet. If you don't mm. do that kind of stuff and you play within the game bounds, it's excellent. Mm. Really, really enjoy. So that's enough of that. I'll, I'll try to not talk about it every single week. <laughs> no, because you haven't finished the main campaign yet, right? No, I haven't. It, it goes on for for. <laughs> apparently, it actually doesn't go. The main well, campaign well. doesn't go, but there's a lot of side stuff. And so far, a lot of the side stuff's been really good. Other than, you know, the typical Assassin's Creed repetitive kill a bunch of peeps here and that kind of stuff. It's been it's been pretty good. Really mm. good side stories and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. And for me, I haven't actually told you guys, but I'm reviewing another game for Vooks. Um, so I'll, re- I'll cover it here as well next week. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't think this is going to be as good. I've only just started playing it. It's called Override 2 Super Mech League. So it's like a mech. A what was that? And a secret, obviously, because you just told us what it is. Well, no, are you going to beep? No, no, no! It just came out, so it's not embargoed or anything like that. So, so yeah, it's like a mech fighting game, uh, and there's DLC for Ultraman. I'm not sure if you know who Ultraman is, Mike. Like that, Mega Man, but better. No, that that's cool. I think uh, that was shown in one of the, the Switch. Uh, indie presentations or something i think it will show or partner direct or something like that oh okay i don't remember that okay interesting yeah Yeah, so i'll see how that goes keeping an open mind to it obviously um but i do like fighting games so see how that goes and then the other one is you know as you know especially if you've been listening to, to the podcast a lot of uh things that i picked up during the year were all for christmas so i've now received them all given that it's just a couple of days after Christmas. I'm still in the Christmas festivities. I've got my Christmas shirt for the people who are watching the video podcast. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> it was genuinely like a super like Nintendo-themed Christmas for me. It was like quite ridiculous, actually. I got, I think, like four Switch games, uh, the Game & Watch that's just behind me. But I, I have to say, and I won't like cover it like crazy, but I got um, Mario Kart Live. Oh, have you guys uh, played with that at all? No, how is it? Have you played with it, Swinny? No, no, I'm just trying not to interrupt too much. <laughs> <laughs> so this thing is like, it, it's like I get the, the downsides to it. So I'll cover that in a second. But 
the the device is so magical, man. It's like I broke it open, like set it all up on Christmas Day when uh, my wife's family were over, and like everyone was captivated by it because it, it's just such a weird thing of having this little device, like a little Mario go kart that everyone's familiar with, and it's going around. And then you look at the switch, and I had it on the big TV as well, and you've got that perspective, and everyone's like looking at it, going. It looks like you're going so fast, but you're actually when you see it in real life and on the ground, it's like so slow. POV is really high, or what? What makes it feel? I don't know if you've ever been on a go kart, but yeah, many times I love go karting. Yeah, so go karts, you don't go that fast generally. Like I've gone on really quick go karts, but they're still like forty, fifty k's an hour, which is pretty fast for a go kart. Yeah, but um, the difference there is that. Because you're so low to the ground, you know, things just feel like they're coming at you so much quicker. It's like when you're flying in a plane, it doesn't feel like you're traveling as fast. You look down, everything's moving slowly. So with the go-kart, uh, sorry, the Mario Kart Live, because it's so low, even at a really slow speed, it looks like it just looks like you're going really fast and it just works so well. Like it blows my mind how well, well it works. And, you know, there's limitations like how far it can go. It's kind of got this annoying thing. It needs to be connected to the Switch and your Wi-Fi. So you've got like a double whammy of like Wi-Fi issues there. Okay. Yeah. Um, and how's the lag? Oh, totally fine. Like you wouldn't. Wow. Yeah. It's like super responsive. That's it's, really cool. it's, it's hundred percent my favorite RC car thing I've ever seen. So like if people are into RC cars and they have a switch, cause you've got to buy a switch otherwise, um, you know, like it's definitely something to look at. And it, I mean, like even my wife's dad, was going to go pick it up, but he doesn't have a switch. And my wife's brother who lives there at the moment does, but he's leaving. So, you know, I'm like, Oh, you got to go get a switch and this thing then. (laughs) Or, you know, keep her brother there. Yeah. (laughs) That's definitely my favorite thing of, of, of Christmas just in terms of, because everyone else likes it as well. Like my son's like playing around with it and stuff like that. So that was pretty cool. And, they're, amazingly, the dogs don't seem too fussed about it. Um, and then Swinny, I, I, I also opened up uh, the Game and Watch. Oh, you've got? Have you got the Game and Watch as well, Mike? Yeah. Where is it? I have it somewhere here. I don't know where I put it. I didn't even realize you had it. Yeah, I had it. <laughs> I thought yeah. I told you guys I had it last time when we reviewed it. Well, yeah. Swinny reviewed it. Yeah. That's that's why I was like clicking. I was like, wait a second. I think you've got it as well. Um, <laughs> So, I mean, yeah, that's, that's really cool. Like it's, it is one of those weird things of just like, just feeling it is almost like felt worth it to me. I don't know. It's <laughs> terrible, but I just was like, oh, this is just feels so cool. Um, and just quickly on that, they also, they are trying their hardest to hack that thing. Mm. So, and I was going to cover it this week, but it's a bit too in the weeds, but essentially what they're doing is they've 3d printed a back, back plate for the game and watch. So you can remove the back plate, put this new back plate on it, wow. and then just be able to plug something in to be able to then put things onto it. So they're really like figuring it all out so that you can actually transfer ROMs onto it and play other games, even wow. though it's like they've blocked every other avenue to try to stop this. That, <laughs> like that's really cool, but at that point, if you go if you go into the effort of swapping the entire back part of your game and watch, you might as well just like Get it. I think there's better options for yeah. new rating stuff. <laughs> You'd think so by that point. And the cost 
Then you got to buy a 3D printer. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, but it just, I, I kind of love that spirit of the community to go. It's really cool, yeah. If we want to do this, we want to run Doom we, on it. We want to do that. And then people are like, yeah. you can't because you've got a solder. And they're like, okay, let's find Don't any I. port, any port possible to try to get it. <laughs> I think it's really cool. Yeah, no, no, it's really it, cool. Do you reckon they, they I mean, if I, if I was an engineer at Nintendo, I don't know how I'd behave, but I'd be thinking, hey, you know, let the community tinker with some of this stuff. Let let them play with this device. But I can see why they wouldn't because they want to release their own probably Donkey Kong versions and all sorts of other things. So, Yeah, I mean, like, it does seem, you know, it would not be shocking if they do a Zelda thing because Zelda's got Zelda's 35th anniversary next year. Um, but, I mean, they have done that in the past. So from my recollection with the NES Mini, they had like a message in one of the text files on the file system for people. Um, and there's no other way you'd be able to read it unless you hacked it. Hmm. So, you know, and it was something about like enjoy the games or something like that. So, wow, that's really cool. Yeah, but whether that's just an engineer doing something where they... Yeah, maybe it's an engineer going, you know what, this thing's going to get hacked. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, and in that case, good. that case especially where they've actually got it so that you can use the USB... And it's like a data USB. So the Game & Watch isn't a data USB. So you can only charge. That's all it does. Whereas with the uh, the NES and SNES Mini, they actually, you can receive and send data. So it's almost like, kind of felt almost like they did build it so that you can hack it. It's kind of a bit weird. And are you going to tell us about all the Elgato sponsored gear? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's the other part. Yeah. So yeah, I got a stream deck, which is really cool. Because I, you know, there were benefits in what I had prior. Because it was free. like, <laughs> well, no, no, you had to pay a little bit. It wasn't that much um, for the app and stuff like that. But it was, it's kind of my style though with that stuff because it was so hacky and like all janky and stuff. And I put band-aids all over it to make it work. Whereas the Stream Deck is just so professional, like in what it does. It's pretty cool. I like it. So, but I'm sure I'll, I'll like uh, stuff to set up this week for the video podcast. So, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how we go into the next segment. So let's see how we go here, boys. Uh, so in in maybe like a late uh, entry into the most bizarre news for 2020, KFC, which they have actually previously announced this, but we thought it was a joke, but KFC has officially announced their KF console custom PC. Um, so this was revealed back in June and again, I think everyone just thought it was a joke from KFC Gaming. But now they've actually got deals with uh, manufacturers like, uh, what was it, Cooler Master. And it, it's a Intel Nook 9, uh, and it's going to have a, a GPU where they're saying it's specking up to be a 3080. <laughs> right? It's uh, good specs. <laughs> <laughs> I think 32 gig of RAM from my recollection. One, uh, two one terabyte SSDs and you know, and they're advertising as VR ready and 4k ray tracing 2040 uh, frames per second. Like, and it is, the specs are really good. Like you can't argue that they're good specs, but the thing that is blowing my mind and just, I I don't understand it is the fact that (laughs) they have a chicken chamber in, in the actual, the custom PC, uh, tower. So in the center, you can actually pull out the chamber and put your KFC chicken in and then push it in and it keeps it hot 
And when you actually think about it, it uses the natural heat. Exactly. It makes sense, right? I mean, that heat needs to go somewhere. May may as well use it for something other than heating your room, right? So, yeah. Great idea. The only thing that I think is disappointing is, and I think it's a deal breaker for me, is it doesn't come. (laughs) (laughs) I I would have totally considered the specs look good. Warms my chicken up. But I think the biggest deal breaker is it doesn't come with any of those little hand wipes. So after you eat your chicken, you know, you can quickly wipe your hands so you can touch your keyboard and your mouse and not get grease everywhere. Why does it need, to, why does it need to come with that when that comes with the chicken? That, because anyway. because one, of the, one of my most fondest childhood memories, I don't know you used to eat a lot of KFC, but I ate a little bit, is the little wipes, just the smell. No. I, I remember that distinctive smell of those wipes, but and you, it was a particular smell that KFC had. You buy the chicken and it comes with the wipes, and you only need the wipes when you have the chicken. All right, that's that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Okay, I'm back on board to buy this baby. I'm, I'll I'll go and save whatever five six thousand dollars they charge for it, chicken not included. I'm gonna say for a KFC PC, it actually kind of looks pretty cool. It looks cool. Yeah, <laughs> that's a statement I thought I'd never make in my life. So I went back to the original announcement, and the interesting thing is. Like they did say it was going to come in December, like the next. And well, I guess people thought, well, what is this a release date? But they did delay it, I think, because of Cyberpunk, amongst other things. But amazingly, compared to the original specs, the original specs had it at 4K 120 frames a second. So they've actually bumped it up since then as well. (laughs) 240. That's, but see, the whole 240 is just like, oh, yeah, on what game? Is it going to run Cyberpunk at 4K at 240? I don't think so. No. So it's, it's, it's that kind of thing. You know what? Maybe I'm going to start a conspiracy theory here. Maybe the reason Cyberpunk was delayed and it's so buggy is because they had to test the game on this console as well. Oh, ah, added that to the to the. <laughs> that would have been that would have been hilarious if it did launch with it. <laughs> I, I, I'm waiting for I'm waiting for a little, and I hope they do this. For CDPR to put a little patch note that said fixed such and such for KF console <laughs> in a future update. <laughs> so this begs a question, and this is probably, I think this is a perfect question for Mike. Mm-hmm. What constitutes a console versus a PC? This isn't a console. In this situation. I don't think this is a console. I think this is it's obviously just a PC in a small custom case. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, no, hundred percent. It's that's all it is. It's just I just call it KFCPC. I know it's just interesting to see the the angle they've taken with it and how you've then got you know social media and news sites reporting yeah. it as a new console. You know, it, well, it's, it's marketing, really, dude. It's really I know, marketing. I know. It's yeah. just it's interesting that they've kind of they've taken that angle. That's all. And now, especially now around. The launch of the new consoles it's perfect it's such a it's a really cool marketing idea yeah but uh this it, the, the perfect way to cap off 2020 you know what what an amazing year you gave us the cave console what can i say nothing else <laughs> happened just that oh. <laughs> yeah i think because the problem is all the pc stuff all the branding like the community branding around pc stuff it's 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 not, uh, I was about to say it's not PC, but then I didn't mean that uh, pun. 
it's, it's not really politically correct. So, you know, even the whole PC master race thing, that's just, that's like a meme in itself, but people won't understand it. So I'm sure that they would have wanted to lean into that potentially, but I think, I think it's just fraught with danger, that whole space, you know It's what not I mean? a market, yeah. And yeah. yeah too much of a minefield. Yeah, I think that, that that's a bit of the issue. So, all right, well, how, at what price would you buy this mic? That's That's my question for you. So, okay, all jokes aside, I don't think I'd buy it. But given the specs, it's got two SSDs in it, I think, a 3080 and stuff, custom everything. A chicken chamber? Custom chamber. I reckon this thing's going to be like 4000 bucks at least, Australian dollars. So, like, what, two and a half US, three-ish is my guess. Yeah. So not, I can't see how this is going to be cheap. The Intel Nooks aren't cheap to begin with. Yeah. You pay a premium on those already compared to, you know, just getting a normal chip. So this is, yeah, I think it's going to be a, at least that mark. What do you reckon, Swinney? What Mike said, I'll defer to him on this one. <laughs> <laughs> I know I nothing in- about PC hardware uh, costs other than when the odd time I'll go buy something. I'll go, oh, okay, that's the cost. I don't follow any of that stuff. I don't know anything about that stuff so. that's, that's like when you get a super spec'd out pc and then you never play it super spec'd out console there we go oh, there's what everyone wants there's a thumbnail there's a thumbnail <laughs> wait wait let, let me do let me do a thumbnail no, no, no. Like do on, on all those channels <laughs> I can't see the, the video, so I'm just assuming Mike is. Licking, I, I'm no assuming Mike is licking his PS5. That's what I'm assuming. I wasn't. I was actually showcasing the Lego PC. He's brought out the Lego PC for audio oh, listeners. Okay, okay, exactly. No, so no, Mike, Mike is a very. We, we should. I should cover that in the intro. You're, you're a karma. I'm not going to say the. the karma. No, don't say that word. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I'm not a karma slut. Oh my god! I'm not okay. What's what's correct? I'm not right. a karma prostitute. What am I allowed to say? All right, Mike. Just a quick question. First of all, actually, yeah. Do we? Does Meccano still exist? Yeah, it still exists. <clears throat> yeah. Can Can you make a, a Meccano PC build? I'll make a Meccano PC next. Okay. I'll okay. Make a cool. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Let's or, let's or get into. A Duplo build would be good as well. <laughs> Duplo build. <laughs> All right, let's get into the next uh, piece of news. Um, so this week we also had Tencent uh, buy out Hong Kong video game holding company Leiu, uh, and that's actually been completed. And the big shout out there is that that there's two studios underneath that umbrella, Digital Extremes and Splash Damage. So Splash Damage, that's Gears Tactics, the multiplayer component of Gears, but then also very notably... Halo Master Chief Collection, and with Digital Extremes, Warframe, uh, they also helped co-develop uh, Unreal, uh, Darkness Two, and so Sir, Sword Sword Coast Legends. I've never heard of that game actually. That's a Dungeons and Dragons Sword Coast Legends. Yeah. Okay, okay. So we did mention this in the very first episode of the podcast, and sort of commented about there's a lot of Chinese acquisitions in the video game market, and I think since we said that. It's been an incredible flurry. As much as like we've seen some consolidation from the European and U- US players, it's probably been even more so uh, from the Chinese players that they've actually bought out 
many, many smaller tiered companies at this stage. Um, and it, yeah, it's something to be interested about because just in terms of, you know, how they manage uh, games and the communities around the games and what people can say and what they can't say and the freedoms and other things that sort of happening in that space. So, I, find, I find it really interesting. So I think it was for 1.5 billion US, yeah, which is more than the EA acquisition of Codemasters. So I think that just puts things in perspective that like, to me, like I think of Codemasters as a much bigger entity than what I'd consider Digital Extremes and Splash Damage combined. But when you also consider probably everything else that's under Leo as well, um, you know, it's it's, it's a lot of those mobile yeah, games that we don't yeah. talk about that much. I mean, yeah. they're the Activision of China, really. Well, I mean, yeah, Activision's well, becoming the Tencent of action, or, or the other way around, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I. I'll reserve my thoughts on a company like that, but basically. I mean, Tencent's more like Microsoft. Like, Tencent's way bigger than Activision. Activision's yeah, like... It's just the kind of games they tend to target and the kind of studios they they tend to buy out. Although I'm surprised with something like, um, you know, the the developers of Gear Tactics and stuff. That, that isn't as monetizable, but I suspect it's what they're probably going to do with that whole... Have you seen Gears, Gears multiplayer in the past? That's monetized all hell. It was? Okay, sorry. Then, yeah, it makes even more no, that's, sense. That's probably more a Microsoft <laughs> decision than, or a, um, uh, I forget the name of the the coalition, um, mm. the developers of, you know, the Gears games. But, yeah, the, uh, the Gears multiplayer games have, have, especially, I think it was Gears 4, got a lot of con- uh, criticism for the way it monetized its uh, okay. microtransactions. So. Well, that makes a lot of sense then. But I think again, it's it's mostly driven by the mobile market. Like that's where the money in gaming really is. Like you know, even Phil Spencer sort of said it, where the dedicated console slash PC market that's like two hundred to three hundred million people, whereas mobile it's now billions. Crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Like I, I saw even the other day that uh, they're saying Among Us is the most active most played game ever wow and they're saying they reckon it's about half a billion people play it on a mon- monthly basis i'm like it's not i don't know about that <laughs> i know i agree you know I what it reminds know, me of I know no one plays it so <laughs> who are these people and the people that i know play games so i know i agree I, do you know what it reminds me of it reminds me when people go you know, 15 billion people watch the Olympics this year. And you're yeah. like, hmm, not sure if that's right. <laughs> you know how many people there are in the world, so. Imagine all the, the kids out there, like, this would be huge um, for teens and stuff like that. I reckon it would just be the biggest game. Among yeah. us? Yeah. Well, yeah, given that it's free on mobile and, you know, it's that kind of tabletop stuff that we've played for a long time now, but a lot of people have never played games like that. Hmm. You know, as much as we think yeah. tabletop's big, it's not really. It's also, I mean, to give it credit, it's also, it's it's built like a game. So it has a benefit of being able to include actual gameplay and, you know, like systems in it that make mm. that, stuff, uh, I think, very engaging. Um, whereas some people, like we enjoy that stuff, but some people might. I think they need a bit more, something a bit more tactile, something a bit more, you know, like that they can visualize. And that's Among Us gives them a good version of that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And look, like, you know, I think Mike and I fully admit 
that we haven't given the game a fair shake. So I think even if I did, I don't think I I would really. I, I look, you know me. I'm I'm open to any of those games. I'm open to any game. I'll try to enjoy it. But I, I, my gut feel is I still wouldn't. Well, spoiler alert, uh, Among Us is up for a certain category where maybe we can quickly discuss that in our uh, big viewing awards. Mm-hmm. All right, fair enough, fair enough. All right, well, well let, let's get to the next story. So this week we also saw that Flight Simulator, which, you know, is one of the best games of the year, an incredibly large game, but incredibly detailed game, uh, was updated. They've had many updates actually this year to Flight Sim, which is really, really cool. Um, and this update uh, on the 23rd of December has now added PC VR headset support, which previously there was like a mod to make it work, but this is directly in the game. Uh, Mike, you're, you're the one who has the most familiarity with Flight Sim. So how, how does this hit you? And plus you're a VR lover, so... I am, though not. I don't. I don't use my headset enough, which sucks. But I do enjoy the experiences whenever I do use it. He, uh, he only uses it when he needs to be a VR lover, if you know what I mean. Pretty much, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's the first thing I did on any. any all right, all right, all right, all right. All right. <laughs> okay, fine. Let's move on with that. So, uh, so, so yeah. No, it's it's it's. I I, I played it at launch, so. I, I got it just when it came out and the I had some issues with it. I think like a lot of people do with downloading it. It would also thrash the GPU when you went to install it. Like absolutely. <laughs> and I don't yeah. know if that was because it was it was using the GPU to decrypt not decrypt, but I don't I don't think it was, you know, using it for Bitcoin mining or something. Um I think it was probably using the GPU to uh, to do some decompression or something on the files. I don't know. Something was happening. So it was really weird. And it took ages to download it. But when I finally played it, amazing game. It ran okay-ish. Um, I, I've got a 3900X. So you'd think it's going to, you know, run pretty well on that. Ran okay-ish um, on the 2070. Um, but the game blew me away. I managed to find all... I think I said this on a previous episode. I managed to find all the different houses that I lived in purely by taking off at an airport and in my head sort of remembering the general direction that it would be and following roads and stuff that I recognized. And I found all the houses. It's insane. So it's that detailed that you can use it to be able to pinpoint and find stuff like that. So that just blew me away as an experience. So being able to do that in VR, holy moly, this thing would just be insanely awesome. So I do have uh, the Oculus. I'm going to give it a crack. I just don't think my 2070 is really up to scratch to do it in VR properly. So that worries me a little bit. You need a a pretty beefy machine to play it in the first place. To play it in VR, I think you need a really, really beefy machine. So, Because with VR as well, you would want to get, you know, like 90 frames a second or something like that. You you Like even just normal, I don't get anywhere near that. So... It's, I don't know how it's going to, it's going to work for a lot of people. I think it's a very, it's going to be a really niche thing, at least for a while, while, you know, people get the opportunity to upgrade or prices of cards go down, heck, mm. even availability. I can't even get my hands on a uh, 3070 or a 3080 and I've been trying for a while. So I mean, considering it's VR, you'd probably be worthwhile, you know, if you're, if you're on the cusp of being able to run it. Just probably taking a couple of settings down, surely. Just oh, of course, yeah. Run even smoother on VR. But it is a pretty intensive game that even you know even compromising and dropping settings without VR, 
you would struggle to get, you know, mm. 60 sometimes on a lot of machines, you struggle to get 60. Mm. I wonder- and most people, you know, don't have 30 series cards. Heck, a lot of people don't even have 20 series cards. So I wonder if you can mod it to work on the Labo VR. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's a machine adept at playing at low frames per second. So. Oh, God. That, that must have been... I know Labo didn't, you know, set the world on fire after it came out, but the whole VR part of it must be the most, like, fizzle ever. Like, it's just nobody talked about, oh, there's, like, a, a VR mode added to these couple of games, you know, because it's, it was a nothing, wasn't it? It does, it does seem like... Someone said to Nintendo, hey, you know, Virtual Boy, just the worst VR product ever. And then Nintendo themselves said, hold my beer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, but just on Labo quickly, like Labo itself is really awesome, um, but it's very, very targeted. It's like it works so great for like a kid who's like five to seven-ish and then like the parent. And then that's kind of like the the space. What was that, Mike? That's extremely targeted, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like it would have been great, I think, in an educational space, but it's it's too costly. Like to say, oh, each mm. kid is going to get a set of Labo, you know, because then you yeah, need the... to they all need to have switches as well, you know. So, and and I understand the sort of the commercial side of it around, you know, not ha- like forcing you to have the physical cart. You have to have the physical cart to get things working. Same as um, Ring Fit, but it, it is a bit of a pain in the ass that it's structured like that. It'd be nice if it was just digital. I know why they don't do it. It's obvious uh, why they don't do it. But just just quickly on VR, Mike, sorry. Like, this is a real technical question, but because you know with VR, like, what, what are the displays? Are they like, you know, 1440p displays? They vary. But I, th- I think the, the Oculus, not quote me on this, um, the Quest that I have, I think it's 1440 Wow. So, so that's two. You need a really high res, and then to get it at ninety, yeah, it's you'd have to put a lot of settings down, a lot. Yeah, because like you know, with my setup, I have it so because I've got high refresh rate monitors, but I have my fourteen forty and then ten eighty, just so that if a game's too crazy, I can still run it at a higher frame rate. And yeah, that's crazy to me. That's thinking basically it's running two independent screens 1440 you'll probably get some wins obviously with the physics engine and stuff but that's still a lot and you're running at like minimum 90 fps yeah yeah that's crack because i need to set it up and i was going to also ask you when are you going to start alex so unfortunately uh given that sydney has been like pseudo lockdown my folks weren't able to come up for christmas which was a bummer and mm. then also my really good mate who's going to come up with his family, they had to cancel their trip as well. So, right. yeah, now I ha- I'm a proud owner of Alex with no, no ability to play it. <laughs> Guess who's yeah. getting a VR headset next Christmas? I actually think, I'm not sure, like, maybe I should try to refund it on Steam, see how that goes. You probably can if you haven't played it. You haven't played it. I haven't installed it. Yeah. But I think it's past two weeks from memory. Oh, that definitely feels like more than two weeks since we talked about it. Yeah, yeah I think it's a two-week limit. You don't so, think that uh, eventually your VR headset will be worthwhile to Just purchase? Yeah, as an investment for the show, maybe. No, because he doesn't <laughs> want to admit. He no, see, we had this debate a while ago where I said hey, VR is going to be big. People are going to get headsets. Blah blah blah. And he's like, Nah, I don't think so. VR is not going to be that big. 
Right? You so even he said he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to buy one now because then he'll he'll admit defeat. I kind of think you, he was right. Oh no! You don't <laughs> well, even play it. You even yeah, said it yourself. Right, when he buys one, his arguments <laughs> not going to stand as well. So no, what would be funny? Because I've proven the argument's been proven correct so far, like way in my favor. But but the funny yeah. part about it is, it would be funny if I got one and then I got hooked on it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. So on the VR front. Yeah. What I'm waiting for is uh, PSVR 2 because the hot rumor is, and we don't deal with rumors on the show, but this is just a conversation now, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> is that it's going to yeah. work for PC natively, so cool. PC and PlayStation. Okay, that's cool. So, because like for me, I really want to play Astrobot. Like that's Astrobot and, and I'm talking about Rescue Mission, the first Astrobot game. And... Um, Alex are the only real two VR games I have any interest in playing. So, yeah, I'll try to refund it. I'll see how I go. And because I'm sure it's going to go on sale again. So I'll just wait till it goes on sale again and buy it. Nah, just get a VR headset instead. <laughs> just do I think, it. I think mine's a little bit more cost effective than your idea. <laughs> <laughs> but my idea is, is more fun. It's true. That is. It's true. It's true. All right, let's jump into the next story. Um, so this, this is a really different story, uh, and uh, it's actually got some interesting twists and turns. So Swinney and I in particular are really big fans of speed running, like not doing it, but just watching it. So Mike would hate that. <laughs> no, I actually probably wouldn't mind it cause it's quick. I used to do my own speed runs of Hong Kong country three in the, the back in the day and day the, and, uh, sorry, day the tentacle. Sure. I didn't use any tech. I didn't know what I was doing, but I enjoyed speed running so okay i'll just you know we've already gone off track at the start of the story but my experience with speed running and like this is a rare moment of humility for me so for whatever reason i got odyssey a little bit earlier than i was meant to mario odyssey and i was able to beat it and i like the time that i had was like oh this is like the fastest time in the world to complete this game i should submit this to speed run and then say, hey, I'm the number one speedrunner of Odyssey at some moment in my life. <laughs> and then I realized that there's a whole like mod checking, blah, blah, blah. So there's always a delay on that site anyway. So I'm sure other people would have already had a better time. But um, yeah, that was my brief stint. Uh, anyway, so there's been a huge uh, controversy. It's quite interesting, actually, in the Minecraft speedrunning community. And in terms of Minecraft speedrunning, the... The challenge there, and I guess the framing of it, because there's always, you know, certain runs that people do, certain types of runs. So with Minecraft, you know, really the main run that people do is is sort of like a random seeding run. Uh, and there's a whole bunch of things that you can do and a whole bunch of tricks and tips to be able to get to the Ender Dragon and actually close out that game. And this, the time to be able to beat it is incredible given the average time that people take to beat that game. And that's like defeat the ender dragon is like about a hundred hours, I think on average for people. Um, so, you know, it's an interesting category cause it's so focused on RNG, like random number generators. It's, it's like, like it's absolutely insane. Like it yeah. would, as someone that plays a lot of RPGs with random drop rates, this would, this, this scares me, you know, I'm like, I don't want any part of these kind of RNG rates. Yeah, and like, you know, Swinney, you know, speedrunning RNG is like such a core component for good or for bad in speedrunning. So there's many speedruns where, 
you know, there's certain parts of the game and unfortunately it could be really deep into the game where RNG is really critical for you to save a minute or two. And if you don't save that time, then you, it's basically an unviable run. Like things like that are quite common in speed running. It's crazy. Like games that like talk about RPGs, games that are turn-based, that have random encounters, the amount of work that they've done to decipher how the seeds are generated and how to avoid Mm. random encounters it's kind of crazy, you know, to essentially mitigate as much possible RNGs as, as they can. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So speedrunning is really cool. It's, like, gained a lot of traction and popularity. Um, you know, I think if anyone wants to get their head around it, there's a really good YouTube channel called Summoning Salt. That's correct, right, Swinney? That is correct. Yeah, so I, I think that's a really great way to just get your head around speedrunning. Go on that channel, check out the you know, most popular videos there. They're really cool kind of introductions into speed running. But essentially with Minecraft, the whole thing's RNG. Like it's it's way less skill. Like, and you know, there's a lot of skill, but the RNG is such a core component. And that, that's kind of what an interesting part of the Minecraft speed running, because normally people are trying to avoid RNG. This is all about RNG. Now, so that's like speed running for Minecraft. Then there's a there's a YouTuber and he's a huge YouTuber. It's like 12 million subscribers called Dream. Um, so massive YouTuber does lots of like let's plays and you know videos and all that kind of stuff that popular YouTubers do. Uh, very unfamiliar for us. Um, and essentially, he on the side does speedrunning for Minecraft because he does a lot of Minecraft videos. And he had got like you know top five in the world for some of these runs, which is pretty incredible for a person who's not doing it in a dedicated way. And I think the fact that he's not doing it like as a 24 seven thing, whereas a lot of the speed runners in that community are often, you know, just doing this, grinding it out day after day, cause people to be a little bit suspicious. It's like, how, how is this guy doing so well when, you know, other people are grinding it out 24 seven. And there was one stream he did recently where he did set a time for the new version of Minecraft. I think it was either the best time or it was like, again, one of the top five times. And people were just like, wait, this doesn't make sense. Like he's having, you know, just eyeballing it. People are like, he's having way too much luck. Like essentially like there's heaps of components in the game where it's like a 50, 50 chance of something happening. And he's just getting those coin flips over and over and over again to come up as his heads. So the moderators on, uh, is it speedrun.com? I always forget because it's speedrun and speedruns. Uh, I'm not sure of exactly which one this is myself. It's the big one. I can't remember. I think it's like speedrun.com. Um, they actually compiled like all the runs that he was doing on the stream, including the one that he actually uh, got. That was like one of the top tiered ones. And they started going, okay, well, like that's a one in 12 chance, or this is a one in two chance. And they started like mapping it all out. And they made this amazing video that uh, we can link into the show notes. And essentially they calculated that the whole run would be a one in 7.5 trillion chance of, of happening, how the stream eventuated. <laughs> right. So essentially when you go one in, you know, 7.5 trillion, it, the guy's cheated. Because the thing is with Minecraft, you can manipulate... Allegedly. 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 Yes, good point, Mike. Allegedly. Well, this is not me saying This is what the mods are saying. Yeah. Uh, by the way, believe. I don't know if this is exact. Is it mcspeedrun.com? Because that's, um, that's what they've linked all the stuff off. So Minecraft. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, I, I was saying a different one. Yeah, cool. Thanks for the correction there. 
um, saves us from next week. Um, and, you know, so like there was the accusations and then the whole community was like, dreams cheated. You know, this guy's the biggest cheat, da, da, da. It's going crazy. All right. You know, and like lots of YouTubers were weighing into it because he's a big YouTuber, like 12 to 14 mil subscribers. And then just about three days ago, I think he dropped a video, which was like my response to it. And, <laughs> and I guess he has the resources, but what he did was he hired a PhD from Harvard, who's like an astro statistician to break their video apart. And then he wrote this 14 page paper about how it's wrong, like all the stats and the analysis. <laughs> so people are going through it. And it's like, Oh my God. Like he's, he's, everyone's been blasting him is completely wrong. And then the funny thing is in this video that dream made is like, it's something like, I think they were off by 7.4999 trillion or some number like that. Like in terms of the chance. So what I said was like 7.5 trillion, one in 7.5. I think they were off by 7.499 trillion. So it, we're still talking about like how many millions. Exactly. So this is the interesting <laughs> thing, right? Then it came down to essentially they're saying it's probably like a one in 100 million run. Right. <laughs> Which look, is possible. Hence mm. why it's one in 100 million, but highly unlikely that's legit. It's allegedly, um, allegedly possible. And then... <laughs> And then, like, for one more twist in the story, because this was going crazy on uh, the sub, the statistics subreddit. Oh, yeah. Because everyone's debating about statistics. And I should say, like, I've got a maths degree. I don't have a, a stats degree. Maths, to me, is so much easier than statistics. Statistics, just because you're trying to model things and say this thing has, like, a normal distribution you know, behavior. Well, but that could be complete, like that could be slightly off and then really throw things out. Then for the final twist, they had uh, this guy who's also a PhD in stats and he was being verified by Reddit. So that means he had to show his credentials, prove it, do all the stuff. And he wrote this huge Reddit post breaking down the paper and saying, oh, you know, I get what they're doing here, but they've got the wrong distribution. Da, 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 da. And they say, <laughs> like, on that paper that was breaking down. Wow. Yeah. And he's like in this thing and it's got like 8,000 or 10,000 upvotes or whatever. And it's basically breaking it apart as to why the paper is also really, really flawed. And he essentially his summary in the end was the original analysis, while, you know, there were problems with it, it's still more accurate than the paper. And wow. and he's essentially like that guy was starting to accuse dream of manipulating it. Like he hired someone to write a paper, not being independent and all this other kind of stuff. It's just, it's so fascinating. Cause the thing to me that I thought was so odd is like, number one, no one knows what this dream guy looks like. He's never done like a face cam thing. And then he's such a massive YouTuber. He doesn't need to do this, but he's now his reputation's a bit on the line with everyone yeah, on the line now. Yeah. yeah. So I just thought it would be a funny story to cover. It's kind of crazy because I, I hadn't heard about this, but just a couple of days ago I watched a video from an Australian speedrunner that is very popular on YouTube that where he talks about speedrun con- controversies and stories called Carl Jobst or Jobst. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and there was uh, someone that uh, e- apparently equaled the Super Mario Brothers world record on you know, who who wasn't even like one of the... Like he basically did it in such a small amount of attempts, and it's the same kind of thing where technically 
the he has the evidence to prove that his run was legit, but yeah. because of the amount of he's been proven to have cheat, uh, cheated in the past, and because of all these other things, they haven't upheld it. They haven't actually. So it's kind of like this situation where technically they don't have the evidence to say he has cheated, but mm. all the like everything else is basically saying it's so unlikely that this would actually happen. You know, it's kind of just weird to back to back that this stuff, like I watched that other thing, which is kind of been something that's going on for the last couple of months in the Super Mario Brothers world record community. Yeah, I I saw that one as well. And I I think it's going to be just a complete problem in the speedrun community. I mean, they've gone from like, it was very just, you know, by honor, basically, because like, why are people doing this? Who cares? It's just all nerds like us, right? Like, it's so nerdy and niche. Like, it's nerdy for nerdy people, right? Yeah. And I say that with love because I love this stuff. But, um, you know, like they had stuff where they had they didn't even realize that they were playing, like one person was playing on a virtual console version, which runs slightly slower, you know, and then they'll jump across to the proper version. And it's like, oh, I've improved my time by a minute. Yeah. Like it, it's very like rud- rudimentary, I guess, at the start. But now it's starting to become more popular. It's actually, there's so many problems with it because you're trusting people. They're running on their their systems like who knows you know and i guess you go all the way back to king of kongs right with like billy mitchell and stuff like that yeah where there's a lot of stuff that's allegedly he sues everyone so it's very much alleged it is very (laughs) alleged we're not going to talk about billy mitchell (laughs) don't even mention you just don't want to summon him (laughs) so uh, yeah i'd encourage you guys i'd encourage you guys to check this stuff out it's quite it's quite funny i feel like there's going to be one final twist in the story because there's a bit too much he'll get a presidential pardon (laughs) <laughs> there's a bit too much smoke with this story so i feel like there might be a smoking gun out there that uh gets someone in trouble so all right well let, let's get into oh, yeah. the smoking gun is that's actually notch the creator of minecraft <laughs> <laughs> that would be sick if he weighed in <laughs> no that is he has dreams <laughs> ah i get you that's true he's just good at putting on a, a different accent <laughs> all right well let's get into my favorite segment of the week the bargain bin um so this week uh again epic game store has been doing their 15 days of free games it's almost exactly followed uh what that list that i said last week so i actually panicked because i thought i forgot to get one of the games i've never missed a game since they started doing this apart from shadow complex which i was bummed about um but i already had inside so crisis averted just a reminder that they do have the free $15 coupons um, for games that are $22.99 and above until the 7th of Jan. So there's like heaps of good games on there. You know, you can get uh, the new Squadron game that I gave you, Mike, for, yeah. oh, I don't know, like 18 bucks or something like that. So particularly like cheap, yeah. Yeah, no, so it's really good. So jump on there. There's heaps of deals on the Epic Game Store, Steam as well. Steam, I think was worth noting as well that that mm. came out like $19 or something. Yeah, that's a good shout out. Uh, and just on the Switch, uh, some some of our highlights. There's, again, there's lots of sales on all the systems. So if there's a particular game you're after, I'd be jumping online and just checking it out. But some of the highlights for us, Octopath Traveler, that was 50% off at the moment. Uh, so that's about $45 Australian until the 5th of Jan. Rivals of Ether, uh, so that's the first sale it's had on the Switch. So it's like $30 now. That's to the 5th of Jan. I put that in there to try to encourage Swinney to buy that game so that I can play him, but he won't. Well, we don't even play Smash Brothers enough, so. 
<laughs> I, by the way, we've played like literally hundreds of hours of that game. Um, uh, ease uh, eight is it? Um, what was that, Swinny? So I just put this in there just to just to make you pronounce it. Hopefully, I said it right, didn't I? No, no, the whole thing. I was like I was waiting for you to say the whole thing. Lacrimosa of D A N A. Who knows? The yeast games are just. Oh, weird. You don't know either. I okay, don't know. so that's that's sixty uh, percent off. Uh, it's about thirty six Australian dollars until the tenth of Jan. Looks pretty good, honestly. That game looks really good. Is eight. It looks really good, yeah. So yeah, I, I thought you'd be really into Ease. Aren't they on Xbox? Uh, only Ease Origin. That's oh. the game, and that came out. That game is like that's that's really old. That game, and they it only came out a couple of years ago. So none of the other Ease games are. Uh, interesting, because that's that's really well regarded. Like along, you know, there's a few content creators I follow that are really into RPGs. Yeah, and I was rave on about it. I can't get into the old ones. I find them really too archaic. But the newer ones yeah. are cool. So, mm. and then uh, is it Cluster Truck seventy five percent off? Is this just just a joke one or uh, Cluster Truck's a fun okay. game? It's um, okay. Yeah, it's Cluster Truck has a really good streaming capabilities, um, like streaming interactive capabilities when you're playing on PC. The Switch version, though, obviously doesn't have any of that stuff, but it's still a fun game. And in according to the run sheet, it's seventy five percent percent off. Yeah, yeah, Ooh, an extra Ooh. percent. Wait, is that seventy five percent off seventy five percent? No, it's seventy five percent percent. And um, one thing that we didn't have in the run sheet, it's but a typo, uh... Mike. <laughs> um. Oh, jeez. I, I, I thought it was called Death, Death Squared. Is that the right name of it? Yeah, Death Squared's like a, a dollar something really cheap. And also, yes. Yeah. Just, just wait, Mike. So uh, so that's like a dollar fifty from memory. And that's a, a Sydney, actually, but Australian developed game. And I would, it's funny to say this in the current COVID times, but that game genuinely, like when you are playing it with someone in the room, it, it, it it's up there as one of the funnest games I've played couch co-op it's just like it, it's pretty frantic it, it's really flying under the radar which is unfortunate because it's an australian game but yeah I, i'd highly encourage people to buy that game if you do play any coach uh, couch co-op yeah i'm gonna get that played with my wifey girlfriend <laughs> i i just want to i want to give a shout shout out i just want to also mention that uh, transistor and bastion are on heavy discount Mm. I, forget, I forget how much, but they're like $3 each or something. Now, if and, only there was something called a run sheet where we could put this stuff in. I know. <laughs> really and I thought we were going to put it in, and then I didn't realize I should just put it in myself. Uh, so that's what I think that would be perfect. I haven't played, I, I bought them because I played them on PC, but I thought, man, they would be just so good to play on the Switch. And they're super giant games, right? Yeah. Same Makers of Hades. Hades, yeah. So I think it's worth grabbing those for cheap. Is, and, and back to sorry, yeah, is sorry, Pyre, sorry. Is Pyre on Switch? I don't think Pyre's on Switch yet, is it? Um, haven't seen it. Pyre's the game they put out before Hades. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I don't think so. Hmm. Ooh, right, not sure. sure. So back to the run sheet. Uh, PlayStation again, huge sale. Uh, same as Steam, same as Xbox, same as Switch, same as Epic. Uh, but the one thing I did want to shout out was that, and it annoys me because I've already bought this game. But The Last of Us Part Two is now twenty dollars on. Great. Amazon in Australia, and then also at Big W. So that that is just nuts. If you don't have that game, just get it. It's $20. It's yep. so cheap. And Xbox, Sweeney? 
doesn't like all the controversy and stuff, just play the first half of the game. You'll be fine. <laughs> right, we'll get to that. That's also something we'll be mentioning in our big year in awards. So for Xbox, uh, the countdown sale is still on until the end of the year. Um, so Xbox Game Pass Ultimate is also 30% off at EB Games. So that's thirty-three, about $34 Australian. And we had an announcement for the January Games of Gold, which is actually probably the best month in a long time. So we have uh, Little Nightmares, which is an Xbox One game. That, so that's available from 1st of Jan till 31st of Jan. Dead Rising, so specifically the actual Xbox remastered, Xbox One remastered version, is available from 16th of Jan to 15th of Feb. Uh, King of Fighters 13 is 360 game, uh, available from 1st of Jan to 15th of Jan. And Breakdown, which is an original Xbox game, is available from 16th of Jan to 31st of Jan. And just one quick PSA, while this was known about, just a reminder that um, Battleborn, the uh, everyone's favourite Gearbox um, <laughs> MOBA action hobby-grade shooter game, whatever they called it, um, the server's <laughs> shutting down on the 25th of January. Oh, no. Rip, rip, rip. All right, well, yeah, like this has been one of the craziest times for bargains. So very, very good time to buy any games, especially if you want to add to your backlog, which is uh, ever, ever growing and ever increasing. All right, I'll, I just want to jump into a quick segment. So the DualShock 4 back button. So I, I don't know if you guys even know what this is. No, what is it? The DualShock 4 is in one of these. So, yeah, with the DualShock 4, earlier this year... Sony actually announced, you can see it in my video, Mike. Sony not- actually announced that they're going to have an accessory for the DualShock. Okay. Where you can plug it in at the bottom of the DualShock and it adds, you know, Xbox Elite style, you know, uh, trigger buttons at the bottom. Oh. So, you know, being the crazy Rocket League person that I am, and I'm always like, oh, you know, and I've actually mentioned on this podcast, remember when I asked you, Sweeney, when I was playing Ori, I felt that I needed to press all, like, R1, R2, L1, L2 at certain times, and it didn't feel very comfortable, and then they had that DualShock back button attachment, but it sold out in Australia almost instantly, and I was like, oh, and it looked like they weren't going to bring it back. I should just give a quick shout out. You can pick these up now, and they're actually pretty cheap. If you buy them on Amazon, they're like 30 bucks Australian, I think. Um, so I, I, I've put it in and I've actually played a lot of Rocket League with it. And to me now, I'd almost say this to me is the best controller you can get. Really? Yeah. Just because of the, the attachment. Well, okay. So, you know, I've always been a fan of the off stick style because so not like not these, not the PS sort of, you know, symmetrical style but more the off, off offset style but now that i've got the buttons at the back and you know especially playing a game like rocket league it's kind of like mind-blowing how kind of precise i can do everything now because okay. like i genuinely can press four buttons simultaneously while controlling both the camera and my movement and there is some like crazy, like it's it's taken a lot for my brain to get, you know, into the, okay, I can do it like this. But the more I'm doing it now, like even in Rocket League, I can do more tricks than I could do before. And it's just the controller. Like, Well, that makes sense because, I mean, the biggest advantage I assume is that you can use the camera at the same time. Yeah. 
Because otherwise, you know, it's the same thing, right? But the fact that he can use a camera, that's a huge thing. Wow. Yeah. And the cool thing I like about it is that this this actual, I, I don't have it on, but when you turn it on, this is an OLED screen on the actual back of it. Cool. And you can then press the buttons to be able to set these two buttons to any single button on the DualShock. That's so that's like R1, R2, but there's also like the face buttons, the share buttons, whatever you want. Yeah. Uh, you know, like it's just, it's a weird, it's such a niche item. Like I'm actually debating about just picking up a couple just to put in storage, just because I feel like. Uh, when it breaks, you'd be really pissed. <laughs> no, I I just feel like in 10 years time, people are going to be like, what the hell was that? And then it's just so hard to get because there's not that many available. And like people aren't buying it, obviously. So you want to s- you want to scalp them? No, not scalp them. I just want to make sure that if it breaks, then I have another one. All oh, right, okay. Have they, have they announced <laughs> a version? Have they, have they announced a version for the DualShock Five? Oh, sorry, the DualSense. That's a no. Ask the same. Oh, boring. No, and uh, look, product, an official Sony product. Sorry, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I think just let me check if I got the box for the DualSense. Damn. Yeah, I got the sorry. box here for, on the video. Um, Looks like a legit product. No, it is. Like, what do you mean? Looks. It is a legit product. Oh, but you know, people make funny boxes that. It's just odd. Like, I don't know why they made it. I like the speculation that I agree with is that maybe at one point the Dual Sense was going to have trigger buttons at the back of it. And I have to say, now playing it, like, I actually feel like someone's going to be smart to change the the orientation of the buttons. You know, like someone out there, like one of the, you know, maybe the next revision of Xbox or hopefully with Nintendo, they'll move like one of the buttons, you know, they'll have L and R at the top and then they'll have like almost Swinny, like, you know, uh, the 64 controller, the Z button. Mm. Well, the Xbox one has, uh, the Xbox has the Elite controller that has the back. The Elite controller, yeah, but they'll actually make that standard, you're saying, as an all. That's what I think. I think you could go just like have the two buttons at the top. And then have these bottom ones. I feel like just that should be it. Like the top buttons should be triggers. So just have the whole thing as triggers. And then these bottom ones should just be the digital, you know, like what most controllers are R1, R, L2, or R, L, and R. So how come, how come it took him so long, you know, till the end of the generation basically to do this? That's the weird part. I think that's where oh, the speculation, I, and it makes sense, right? So maybe what they were thinking was, you know, the dual sense was going to have these buttons moved. They wanted to have something to mirror where, and then you can use your jewels, uh, your dual shock four, but okay. now you can't use your dual shock four on, you can't use anything other than a dual sense on the PS five to play PS five games. You can use a dual shock four to play PS four games on the PlayStation right. five. It's really straightforward. Very straightforward. Hey Swinny, um, do you reckon you could you could finish Dark Souls using this? He can't see it. He can't see the video. Oh, sorry, it's 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 the gear shifting, it's the the manual gear shifting Logitech. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, he, it's, 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 it's Logitech he, gear <laughs> stick. It's from for racing games. Yeah. Okay. So thank you. I, I can't <laughs> see visually. I'm forgetting I'm, that he. I'm sorry. You've got to remember, it's, a, it's an audio podcast. I'm just a floating Xbox Hall of Fame trophy that I don't deserve because <laughs> I'm not in the Hall of Fame. That you are. You're officially a part of it. Um, you're, con- you're the embodiment of Cortana, just an AI that we talk to every week. I'm, I, I'm really I curious re- about this because um, it's one of those things where 
you don't know until you actually experience it. Um, so the idea of, you know, going away from having the double like bumper trigger style stuff, um, L, L1, L2 stuff, until you try it, you know, I've, it's hard to kind of have a, a call on it for me. But it sounds like every, from what I've heard from the elite controller through to this back button that, you know, maybe that is the wave of the future, but clearly they didn't implement it f- uh, as standard for the next gen, so... Yeah, and I think, you know, it's so telling that they didn't do anything with uh, the standard Xbox Series controller because they would have the data. I'm sure they have the actual data to say how many people are using the triggers on the Elite controller even. And, you know, it's the same as Sony. As much as people want, including me, backwards compatibility, they see the data. And it's probably just saying that people aren't playing a lot of games with backwards compatibility. So why expend all the energy to to make that happen so but like i just wish like i would love for you guys to try this Mm. i know that you 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 know mike you definitely play like i kind of wish i bought you one of these for our um big kringle the 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 thing with this is that i think one thing we we kind of forget is that controls are already really complicated for people that are new to games not so much mm. for a kid learning, more so someone. So this is this is only a now problem. In the future, I don't think it's probably as much of a problem. But like, just if you say to someone, "Oh, play a game," you know, like there's already a lot on these controllers. So I wonder if it's also at that point it was maybe getting a little to make that standard for next gen. Maybe it's the barriers a little higher than what they'd want. I don't know. Yeah, that's fair. Or actually, sell an extra attachment for fifty bucks. <laughs> for the dual sense true but i reckon it'll happen well i i would definitely get it because i i i was just gonna buy another because i've got two dualshock 4 controllers and i'm like oh i should just get another one so that i can put it in there and like you know have that on there do you want do you want one mike yeah yeah i wouldn't mind right. one actually. Right, but hang, so hang on hang on i don't have a ps4 anymore so but you can play PS4 games on the PS5 with this. the PS4 controller on the PS5. Only for PS4 but games. he doesn't have a PS4 controller, yeah. though. No, he doesn't. No, oh, did oh, you sorry. keep a PS4 controller you didn't get rid of? We it. actually have the same one. We've got good taste. Oh, okay. The white one. Okay. Arctic white. The one's the best. Uh, so, so, no, I do have one. So, as long as it works, yeah. I'd love to use one. All right. Well, I think it's it's cheaper to order, too. So, maybe I'll do that. It is okay. Cool. Then I'll just uh, I'll I'll beam you. Yeah, yeah. And then when I see you in person in five years' time. Five years' time, yeah. When the lockdowns. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. It's a weird accessory, but I'd actually love for you guys to try I love it. Accessories. Yeah, I really like it, man. Even I was playing Dark Souls. Uh, yeah, Dark Souls with it, and it was like, oh, okay. Like this is actually like useful. Like it was helpful for me. So, all right. Well, let's get into our next. Big wait, hang on, hang on. Whoa, 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 wait. You were playing Dark Souls? Can we just talk about that for a minute? Yeah, I already said that. More about that? I've already spoken about it. But this is... I know I heard that you used to play it, but you just played it with that? That means you played it recently. How far did you get? What's going on? I want to hear about this. This is not a Dark Souls segment. <laughs> I know, but I want to hear about this. This is a momentous occasion. We were trying to get you to play that game properly for years. I've spoken about this on the podcast. Tell us been... more. I get excited here. There's about. nothing more to say. Like, like I said, I'd still, at this stage, like Demon Souls more, but I haven't gone far enough into Dark Souls. The That's thing it. I said... I've said this to Swinney, like, 
just my life is really busy with the kids and everything like that. And it feels like I've got to, I got to get prepared for a fight playing Dark Souls. I feel like I'm going to a boxing match or something like that. You know, look, I, I, I don't know about you, Swinney. T- tell me what you think, but I feel like Dark Souls is the kind of game that you need to dedicate time to. Mm. It's hard to get into it, then out of it, into it, then out of it. I, I find as a game, you kind of need to play it for a proper chunk of time. I, I would agree, but also whenever I play Dark Souls, it's I have I don't play anything else. Like it's just yeah, it engrosses me. Where I'm like, okay, I'm just playing this now until until I until I've either finished this run or I've kind of done enough that I'm like, okay, I'll I'll, I'll move off. You know, it's like it, it, you need to be in the in the zone with that game. I think in the sense that I've tried playing it on and off, and I find I just I suck at it almost. Yeah. I make really shitty mistakes or I just run in just trying to rush it. It's a different experience. So until I think you get the time to really dedicate to it, I probably wouldn't even bother with it. No, I, like I, I think the fighting, and I've been watching a lot of boxing recently, so I'm always using these analogies, but I do think it's like a boxing analogy is quite apt. It's this whole thing of you're, you're boxing fit. You're not always like that. You know, you have to go into training camp and then you're ready for the fight, you know. So I, I think mentally I already know that. But I've already started Deus Ex Human Revolution, so I'm just going to get through that game, and then I probably will start uh, Dark Souls. So that'll be the next cab off the rank. So, All right, am I allowed to go into the next segment yet, Mike? Yeah, okay. Yeah, sure. All right, so we thought uh, as part of the end of the year we'd do a special feature, which we're calling the Big Year in Awards. Uh, and what, what we've done is we've actually gone through a whole series of different categories. I'll, I'll get Swinney to start going through them. Uh, things that, you know, appeal to us and, you know, a few few little jokey ones uh, that are appropriate for the podcast. Uh, but, you know, our version of, of the sort of game awards, but really more just like of gaming in general more so. So uh, over to you, Swinney. Yeah, and also just recognising that, we, many of us, Mike excluded, haven't played the biggest games of the year. So we also yeah, wanted to true. talk about things in a, in a way that allowed us to still celebrate these big games, even if we haven't personally experienced them, by talking about the impact that they made in the year and everything. So yeah. so, yeah, we've actually got about, I think, about 15 categories. Some of them will be quick. Some of them may not be as quick. But uh, the idea is, yeah, just it's not just games you know there's been a lot that's happened outside of in the industry itself this year so what we're actually looking at first um is the biggest big story of mm. the year so big hitter so i'm just going to move over to where we've got our list so this is essentially the biggest new story not including the console launches so what basically what was the biggest headline and we've got five nominees and we've also got some honourable mentions. So I'll say the honourable mention first is NVIDIA has no graphics cards. We put that as an honourable mm. mention because that was that was a big thing at the time uh, and still is a big thing. You know, people can't get a hold of any of their new, uh, you know, fancy 3080. You know, I'm sure that you can probably... Can you get a hold of 3090s, Mike? Or is it just 3080? Yeah, you want to pay 3,000 bucks, yeah, sure. Exactly. So <laughs> the big, uh, the five nominees for biggest news story we had is Apple versus Epic. Then Cyberpunk delays and post-launch woes. Microsoft buys ZeniMax Media. Mm. E3 and Evo cancelled or any gaming event in general. 
and Halo Infinite delayed for a year. So what do you guys think? What was the biggest news story of the year? Well, can, can I jump in on one? So just with the E3 and Evo being cancelled, that to me was like a huge disappointment because with Evo, obviously I didn't say this at work, but I actually scheduled leave to watch <laughs> Evo this year because it's it's a live event. It goes over for a few days and, you know, just the way it worked out. I can't remember if it was the Friday or the Monday, but I was like, oh, I'm going to have that off. And it made sense to have breaks every now and then, but I'm like, you know, Swinney and I are big fans of fighting games and it just, I don't know. I thought, you know, the idea of watching it live, it'd be really cool. See how the Smash stuff goes, Melee, it wasn't going to be in it, but, you know, Ultimate and Street Fighter and stuff like that. And then, yeah, when that got cancelled, or when it started to shape up as it was going to get cancelled, I was like, oh. And then I took the day off anyway, just uh, had a little Viking vigil for it, burnt a tree down. And then you also had all the uh, the sexual harassment claims against the founder of Evo at the same time. <laughs> alleged, alleged. alleged. Um, well, that's what I said, claims. <laughs> um, alleged claims. Alleged claims. Um, <laughs> and so, Were they claims or not? <laughs> so basically, and because they would wanted to run a whole bunch of online stuff and then essentially everything just got shuttered down they're like okay well mm. evo's canceled this and everything's getting shut down that's right they were gonna have evo online i yeah. kind of forgot about that and then that part of the story was smash wasn't involved in evo online yeah. which was such a huge slap to the face to nintendo and skull girls was and then the creator of skull girls also got their, their own contra controversies it was just oh, it's a messy yeah. situation um but i don't think it's the biggest news story of the year though yeah, I wanted to cover that because it, that was important to me, but I don't... Yeah, I agree with you. I think Epic versus Apple, that could... I almost think in three years' time, we might look back and go, that's the biggest story, but it depends what happens, right? The story hasn't been told yet. It's still yeah, it's still yeah. almost like the, the first chapter in a lot of ways, or at least we're one-third through the book at most, you know? Are we judging this based on what impact? Because I think in terms of you know, cyberpunk delays and stuff and post-launch, I think the fact that there were so many media outlets covering that that aren't even traditional gaming That's outlets or anything like that, the, the reach was massive for something That's like that, point. surprisingly massive. Uh, but Or are we talking, you know, impact to the industry? Because I think the Apple versus Epic could have repercussions on the industry that are far wider than just that. Really? There's no... The criteria is what yeah. we feel is, okay. is the biggest right. story. Why, okay, okay, right. So I, I'm going to go with Apple versus Epic. Really? Yeah. I, wow. I'm My vote easily goes for Microsoft buying Zenimax. Whoa! <laughs> we're in trouble, boys. Because, <laughs> uh, by the way, like we're not going to spend ages de- debating. Like, this is yeah, not... There's a lot more no, to go through. The reason being <laughs> is um, because... Just, just thought. Just remember that news story when it hit. They bought Bethesda. Like to me, that was like to me that was. I, I guess it was probably the most shocking big news story for me. You know, whether or not it is the biggest news story. Like the thing with Cyberpunk is, I think that that is a huge news story, but I don't think that's going to, outside of this year, at least the early part of next year, have a a big domino effect whereas the bethesda buyer or zenimax like to me that is huge the same and apple and epic to me those two are the what the big ones that that uh probably deserve it either but then i also think something like cyberpunk uh will have a huge effect because i think maybe now people will finally learn 
to <laughs> trust you know promotional material no. not trust even no. it's like the most trustworthy developer slash publisher that we know of that you know had a lot of hardcore fans and a lot of people thought they could do no wrong yet here we go they did it too so okay. Mike, Mike, so I'll, I'll say how that's so wrong, right? <laughs> so before all the controversy and people actually got their hands on the console game, yeah. they'd sold 8 million total copies of the game. They just right. announced two days ago that they'd sold 13 million now. So yeah. 5 million more after yeah. all the controversies. Well, you, you know what it's like. It's 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 uh, it's free marketing in the end, right? Any. What's that? Sorry, sorry, go on. <laughs> I didn't I think, hear it either. Marketing's good marketing in, in some ways in that sense. So, so anyway, uh, what are you going to go for? Okay, so like, yeah, I, we all agree that we're knocking out E3 Evo, even though it's important to me. Yeah. I think Halo Infinite, like we're kind of sleeping on that a little bit, man. Like essentially the Xbox Series X launched with yes. no exclusives. Exactly. That was the exclusive <laughs> for it. It's like it literally has no games that you need. Yeah. For. Well, big games. There's a couple of smaller games, but not one yeah. we're talking about. Yeah. So is that you your, your choice? I'm, I'm just saying we're sleeping on it. Like it's no, like, no, I agree. It's a massive one. I was thinking about that as well. Mm-hmm. Exactly down those lines. You launch an entire console and that was clearly going to be the game for it. I'm, ha- I, I'm happy to like, throw my hat in with Apple versus Epic. I think he's just trying to move it on. No, I, I, like to me, like that, that was such a huge news story. Um, that I, it's just, it's pretty crazy when you think about the fact that Fortnite, one of the biggest games in the entire world, was pulled from the, you know, one of the biggest platforms in the entire world because of this. And this could have interesting legal consequences. Yeah. Yeah. I think this one's tough because I really do think this is a five year thing. Because the Microsoft Zenimax thing, if they make those games exclusive and really drive a wedge for people and, you know, what is it called? Starfield? Yeah. And Elder Scrolls Six come out and it's exclusive, even oh, if it's for a year and a half. Yeah. And they're just like, everyone's like, well, this is the this is Skyrim 2. It's amazing. It's like the best game ever. And there's a lot of people who are going to go, hey, I might actually get on the Xbox bandwagon. That could have a huge impact to the industry. And Apple versus Epic... I just think with Apple versus Epic, I'm not going for it because I think the viability of those lawsuits winning is very low based on all the results so far. So I'm actually, Cyberpunk's massive, but then it's still just a game and I don't think it's going to have any long-term effects. It's it's unfortunate because the game's always going to be marred. It's always going to be marred by this. I don't think it's just for the game itself. I think it's going to, people are marred. People people, don't. Anthem, Fallout 76, this is... People never learn, dude. They'll never learn. I have a feeling. They'll never learn. No, of, of course. A lot of people won't learn, but I think I think it's made a lot more people learn than before. Maybe. I, I'm throwing yeah, my hat behind. Uh, move on. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing Microsoft buys Zenimax as the biggest story. Whoa. So unless you're, chain, you, you're unchanging your change, Swinney, and you're going back to that one. No, it's staying. <laughs> Oh, look at that. It's like a strategy. <laughs> Which one are you picking? No, I reckon I I think my first pick is that Microsoft buying Zenimax is the biggest news story of the year. All right, cool. But you changed your mind, not, didn't you? Not including, what not including the console launches, just to clarify. Um, yeah, yeah, okay. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, so that took 10 minutes and we've got another 14 to go. Ah, we're all good. So <laughs> the biggest small story of the year. So this is the, 
essentially like the biggest niche story or the story that went under the radar that we kind of think was important but was still a, a relatively small story. Yeah. So the uh, honorable mentions we had Amazon announcing Luna their strings <laughs> because nobody cared about that. I've heard it once. Someone talking about it once yeah, this year. That was us. Because it's out. It's, it's actually out. out. Um, and also the fact that they announced Earthlock 2, which is uh, a game I love, so I just want to put that as an honorable mention. But for our five nominees for biggest uh, small story of the year, we have uh, the launch, or I guess the the rise of the Melee rollback mod Slippy and what that meant to the community, uh, Smash community. We have uh, Michelle Ansel, uh, creator of Rayman, Beyond Good and Evil, leaving ga- the games industry. We had the Melbourne monolith in Flight Simulator. <laughs> we have the Auden Chronicle Kickstarter and how well that went. And we have the Analog Pocket pre-orders and the mm. uh, kerfuffle around that. So what- The one that made me laugh the most was the Melbourne monolith. <laughs> you know what this is, Mike? Yeah. Yeah, we so Flight yeah, flight simulator. There was a incorrect value in the free open database, which has maps. I can't remember what the name of it is. It's like a competitor to Google Maps. So someone had entered the wrong value on the floors, created this huge monolith in Melbourne, which is our home city. Um, now they actually discovered there was a couple of other monoliths around the world as well. Were, oh, yeah. really? And there was like uh, a what do you call it? Black yeah, hole thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which they patched, unfortunately. Well, that's I, I can't we know if they patched the monolith already. Surely that would have been patched. Yeah, yeah, it got patched straight away. Oh. Well, then I don't think it deserves because it no longer exists. <laughs> well, no, but it was still a big, big piece of story of the year. It doesn't have to have an impact on going story. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I'm not aware of any of the other stories well enough. So I'm just going to pick this one. So <laughs> you guys think. I think that the analog pocket stuff for me was really cool, but it's I'm so blinded by it with all the analog stuff I have. But um, I actually think this one's super easy, man. Slippy, the melee rollback mod created by Fizzy, which is like, by the way, the worst series of names ever. But, you know, the guy Fizzy who made Slippy, and then he has another site called Gizzy or Dizzy or something like that. Um, it, that that is by far the number one niche story this year. Like the fact that that guy spent six months making the netcode for a game that came out in what two thousand and one, from memory, better than Nintendo can for Smash Brothers Ultimate, and to be fair, better than Capcom does for Street Fighter Five. Yeah, that's big. Is insane. Like to me, that it's just no doubt. That it's number one story. How about okay, you, yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. Now that I remember what you guys spoke about it, yeah. So, but Slipper, then. I think that Slippy is my favorite here as well. Okay, well, I thought you were going to be a contrarian and go something else. No comment. <laughs> okay. That's, that's a contrarian move. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So our third category <laughs> is biggest I am disappoint of the year. So this is our biggest disappointment in a game or a developer or a community. Basically, something that we're like, man, we expected you guys to do much better on this. I am disappointed. So we have uh, we have three honorable mentions. First is Super Mario 3D All-Stars. Uh, wait, no, maybe 
two. Wait, did someone just remove an honorable mention on my misreading? Okay, no, no, only no, two. No. All right. And hey, by the way, I like that game. I I got it for Christmas, and I love it. Well, I think it's worthy of being an honorable mention. And mm. uh, the Monster World Four remake trailer. After I talked up that being so excited, for that, <laughs> yeah, you did. It was like <laughs> the biggest one. biggest like gut punch of. <laughs> I'm so excited about this. No one's talking about it much. It was around Tokyo Game Show time, and then suddenly the trailer comes out. And it's like, oh my god, this looks horrible. What's going on? I still hope they turn it around. Anyway, so our five nominees for biggest uh, for biggest I'm disappointed is CDPR or CD Projekt Red's quality control, Nintendo's legal takedowns, uh, and everything to do with how they've uh, handled their community woes. Ubisoft's sexual misconduct. Uh, that was a big story in the middle of the year. That was almost the biggest news story, but I think the other one mm. it out. Uh, Halo misses the Xbox launch. Uh, and the NVIDIA cards launch debacle. I feel like I know which one Mike's going to go for. No, see, I don't know. Um, so they're, they're, they're all interesting in their own way, other than you. Ubisoft itself didn't have sexual misconduct, so that's phrased a bit incorrectly. Well, it was an easy way to phrase that. Then, <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, come on, people that did or something. I know, I know. I like how uh, Mike adds nothing. He's like these YouTube commenters adding nothing and just like this little oh, comment. Actually, it wasn't Ubisoft himself. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, so I'm obviously tossing between uh, the the and the whole Nvidia issue. Uh, only because I was looking forward to that one, but also the quality. And you were control. disappointed. That was probably, to, to be honest, I'm more disappointed at what happened with Cyberpunk. So, do we want to broaden quality yeah. control also out to like the CEO's handling of it? Like, basically, yeah, everything just the whole their mismanagement of of that. Or I reckon, yeah. So everything from from and look, I do acknowledge and understand the difficulty of launching something like that. But I still think it could have been managed better, and 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 there should have been more delays, etc. And they should have stuck to their story of only launching a product when it's actually ready. But I understand it's a lot more complex than that when you start signing contracts and deals with the likes of Microsoft and Sony and whatnot. Uh, so I'm gonna go with with that one, I reckon. Even though I'm super disappointed that I couldn't get my hands on a graphics card, still can't. So I'll just say again with the Nintendo legal takedown, obviously. There, there is disappointment there, but there's no surprise there. In the yeah, that happens every year. <laughs> well, it just had all happened to kind of, I think, specifically with the Smash community stuff, that mm. really reached a head. And it's still at that point, like, we don't know where it's all going to go from here. Um, but because it's unsurprising, uh, Nintendo have generally not been very supportive um, of the you know like competitive communities and have also been super protective of their ip as as you know i don't think that deserves to be considered but i think it was still worthy of worthy of a nomination yeah look i think i I do want to i was going to suggest changing the name and then mike had his little comments i thought i better not (laughs) but um yeah, I think the CDPR one, I wouldn't say quality control because I think, you know, the devs and the QA team, you know, they need the time to be able to build these things correctly, you know, and they they obviously are capable of making incredible things. It's it's the management, really. So, like, if that's CDPR's management, right. like, I think that's the clear winner there for me. Go. I've renamed um, it CDPR's mismanagement. Yeah, and I think it is such a disappointment. I mean, genuinely, you can't argue it's, 
definitely the most wanted, most looked after, most sought game of the generation. And it's just a complete debacle of a launch I, like for consoles. I think so. when you add in the crunch stuff, yeah, this is an easy winner. Well, yeah, you had four delays, crunch, the backing off, the, you know, in the investor calls, they're saying, oh, no, you know, crunch is not a big deal. And then literally one hour later, they're emailing the whole staff going, oh, we're so sorry. I didn't, I shouldn't have said that. Or It's just not a great year for CDPR's uh, board and senior management. That's for sure. All right. So I think that's, I think we've decided on a winner for that one. <laughs> not the kind of thing you want to win. No. No. <laughs> okay, so now we go to uh, so we've got some dual categories, just like we had big small story. Uh, sorry, big biggest big story and biggest small story. I've screwed myself up with his naming, but it's still worth it. Now we've got biggest face <laughs> of the year and biggest heel of the year. So using wrestling wrestling terminology, biggest good good guy, biggest villain, basically. So starting with biggest face of the year. Um, so we've categorized we've described that as personal company that did great stuff or gave away lots of free stuff. <laughs> so we don't have any honorable mentions for this one. So there's five. So first uh, nomination is Epic Game Store for all the free games that they gave away and essentially creating half of Intercot's gaming library. Mm. We have X- Xbox Game Pass because we're complete shills. And honestly, they've added crazy stuff in this year. Um, this year it's just gone from, it's just gone pretty crazy. Um, I mean, can I just say we're not complete shields. You're the complete shield. You're even your video graphic is an Xbox Hall exactly. of Fame that you got. I didn't create, but that's fine. That's all good. <laughs> and also, hey, hey. They're not giving it for free because you're paying for the game. Pass. Oh yeah, no, True. But, no, but that's the thing. So it's kind of that's why it did great stuff. They added, but also we're just shields. Um, so the third number, you're shield. You're the third shield. nomination. Hey, even you've admitted you're a shield for Game Pass uh, into God. Um, third nomination is Fizzy. So that's the creator of Melee Mod Slippy that we mentioned before. Then we've got The Last of Us Part Two's accessibility options. And anyone that hasn't seen uh, mm. what they've done there, go check out Game Maker's Toolkit. They did their roundup. Each year they do around uh, a video covering Mark Brown. He covers the accessibility and where they've gotten to this year and how how the big titles have fared and that game is crazy the work they've done and now i understand why it won the game award for it and the fifth nominee is actually something a lot of people might not know about but it's um there was a, it's called well i've named it here is hyperdot uh sorry um hashtag hyperdot uh a11y or ally i guess and what that is is hyperdot is a game where it is it is able to be used with a lot of accessibility options, specifically for people with a lot of physical disabilities um, and, you know, that that aren't able to use uh, standard control methods. And they actually did a huge campaign that was linked to a research project, and that's where the hashtag comes from. So they actually got the communities to contribute, and it actually created this big research um, project around how we can adapt games for people with disabilities. Um, so it's really, really good um, I guess project that they ran. So, so I think for me, there's a there's an easy one for this. Um, I I got to give this to Fizzy, creator of Melee mod uh, Sleepy, because this guy, from all accounts, quit his full time job. You know this this isn't a correct me if I'm wrong. Intergot, this is not a paid mod of any type. 
in any way. No, he, he did have a Patreon, a Patreon. He had a Patreon, but you didn't need to pay to get access to this mod, oh. correct? Yeah, so you, you did for the beta version, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So I didn't pay for it, and I've played it a lot, yeah. or a bit. So, so considering the impact this has had for someone that has given their time, and essentially for, you know... I'd say probably very little financial gain. I'm sure he's gotten support, but you know, you know, he didn't do this for that reason. No, it has essentially it has revived an entire game gaming community in a lot of ways. It is like the work that they've done is just amazing. Um, and I know that yeah. Mike's probably not able to speak to it, and I haven't used the mod myself, but I just can't go past the fact that someone and some an individual has done this uh, to me this they're the good guy to I, I i i haven't played it but given everything you guys have said about this i'm sold on it the fact that a guy quits his job if that's the case and then does this and contributes to the community and does a really good job of it it's huge because when i look at something like the epic game store it's a marketing ploy in the end it's nice mm. it's really cool and i love it but in the back of my mind there's always that yeah but these guys do fortnite and it's just a marketing stunt to get yes. people on the platform. Capitalism. Capitalism. Exactly. So, yeah. oh, congratulations for that, really. Well, that's what's being passed to me. I pay for it. So, you know, they should earn their their right to have my money, so to speak. So I'm glad that they're actually doing something. Um, and the other the other categories I'm not familiar enough with, I think what, what happened with the accessibility options, it's really cool, but I think... The impact is huge, but it's for a, a relatively smaller number of people in that sense. Well, so is the melee. It's a bigger impact. Well, I guess that's the thing. That's that's the same as the melee. It might it might be a small community, but I guess the impact is pretty big. So I think, yeah, I'll go with your choice as well. Well, can you give me an opportunity to convince you to change no, your mind? No. Nah, nah. Okay, fine. What? So you know that I'm an Epic Game Store shill, so it probably yeah. surprise okay. you that... For me, the clear winner is The Last of Us Part 2's accessibility option. <laughs> now, okay, so let me lay out the argument. So these guys, and you know, I'm not a, like, I haven't played Last of Us 1 or 2, right? So yep. I'm not, you know, a shill for Naughty Dog or anything like that. But I think it's pretty amazing to me that they're making this game. It's a huge game. It's taken so long. And they actually had some fans that re- reached out to them. And it got all the way up to Neil Druckmann. And it was basically like, look, you know, my son isn't able to play this game because there's some parts of the game that you have to press like A or, you know, uh, X cross repeatedly. And it and it sort of, you know, limits him playing it. And he loves it and he wants to see the story. And it just seems like, I think the letter basically was like, it just seems unnecessary. It's like, wh- why do you have to do that? Why do you have to gate it from them? And it actually really struck a chord with the whole team. And so much so that they actually just said, you know what, the whole game, we've got to think about the whole game and how are we stopping people from playing the game and how do we open the game up to people because they just want people to enjoy the story and, you know, that journey that the characters go on and why do we have to artificially put things in front of it? And I can say, you know, I'm very much a capitalist on the podcast, but, you know, this is definitely not a money-making exercise. Like this is costing them money and they're investing money essentially I think uh, to do this, and this yeah, it it opens it up to a broader audience. Yeah, marginally, a really good story, and which I think is also great for marketing. Let's face it. So and sure, I sure, because of that, I think they did it for what are probably very genuine reasons. But I yeah, 
a lot of investment benefits in that sense. I, I totally agree. I think, you know, with these things, you know, and I've worked at places where we're doing something, it's definitely not making money because I, I can see the numbers, but you know, given that we are doing it, Hey, why don't we promote it? Right. You don't want to, you know, waste any good opportunity. So I, I just think things like this, and I know with Valhalla, like you even start the game with accessibility options. I think that this really does have to become the norm for games. I think it's very unfair to gate things off, even if it is a small part of the community, just because, you know, the inability to do certain things in a game, which doesn't really need to be the way it is. And, you know, for people who are able to, you know, do those quick actions in, in you know, the, the regular way, like they can still do that. Like, because they said that. Extract from yeah. the rest of the experience for other people. Yeah. So I think it's a nice little thing to add for people. That yeah. need. So to me, I think, you know, given this category that I, I'd rate that as the, the number one thing. So what, what do you think, Mike? Where do you land? Or have I convinced you, Swinney? So I think that we've already given um, credit to Slippy in the small story. I'm happy to go with Last of Us. Oh, there you go. Cool, cool, cool. I do find it amusing that the people who <laughs> who are like massively into <laughs> Slippy <laughs> voted against in that category. Well, I think I think you know you you did have a very strong ar- argument. So yeah, all right. Let's go on to the fun one. All right. Now we've got the next one is biggest heel of the year. So this is the biggest villain. So we've uh, we've got one honorable mention, which was uh, Mr. Mister Wizard. We mentioned before that he, one of the Evo founders and all the claims, <laughs> alleged claims and everything. Um, yeah, not, not good, but honorable mention or dishonorable mention. So our five nominees for... Biggest heel of the year. First is COVID nineteen. Are we really having COVID nineteen? Uh, that's yeah, a joke, right? Oh, no, that's not a joke. That, I think that's that is that that's a very valid nomination. Well, that's going to win. It's going right, to like we haven't discussed any of this stuff, mate. It's a it's a one in a hundred year pandemic. Like, are you serious? All right, well, wait, it's wait, there. Wait. It's there. It's a nominee. You had a chance to dispute it. I can't. I can't even see my family at Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not yeah. voting. I'm voting for the Smash community. Anyway, we have. Let's let's talk about the nominees, right? The rest <laughs> of the nominees. Hey, don't <laughs> let me finish because I'm not at the store. So, so next is the Smash community and all the specifically all the um, you know allegations and just it like a lot of the big content creators, uh, you know, and all zero, the, yeah, zero allegations against them. And you know whether or not there's there's truth to everything or there's not, it's still it was a horrible um, stain on the Smash community. Um, we have MSI uh, allegedly scalping graphics cards. So that was I remember a big story on the the week that I was in hospital. Thanks, mm. Mike and Intercut. Uh, next, we've got The Last of Us Part 2 bigots and uh, <laughs> the people that were meta, a bombing Metacritic specifically because they dared to in- include a lot of diversity in the game. Um, and the last uh, nominee is Facebook for making uh, Facebook accounts mandatory for Oculus VR headsets. So let's go back to COVID for a second. Here's why I think it's not the winner. We're on, right? But don't put it on the list. I don't know, but I think it should be on the list. But I think I think the reality is it's it's probably done more for gamers than 
than it having a negative impact in the sense that people have had more time to actually stay at home and play games. So I don't think it's been a villain in that sense for the gaming community. <laughs> yeah, okay, it's disrupted some of the gaming events and, mm. and you can go there in person. But other and than games. that, and games. people have more time. You know, they don't have to waste time with their families. They don't have to waste time e- with their... E3 was cancelled. That's what I'm to say. E3 was cancelled. Yeah, but look at all the positives. You save, you know, a lot of people spend two hours a, a day commuting to work back and forth, right? That's 10 hours a week. It's 10 hours they could have spent playing a game now. <laughs> Boom. Multiply that by how many weeks this thing's been on going on for. That's a lot of extra games you could be playing. So, mm. so okay, all jokes aside, personally, I think I'm going to go with, with the Facebook mandatory for Oculus. I thought you were going to say COVID-19. <laughs> <At the end. laughs> and this is the reason why I actually put COVID-19 on there, because not to say that I don't think there's, it's been an overwhelming, like I don't think it's more positive than negative, but it's an interesting discussion. That's why I wanted to have so. I, I think yeah. it's pros and cons. It's done a lot of really bad things. To the gaming community, I'm talking particularly. Yeah, I'm talking about the wider gaming. Clearly it's a bad well, thing, obviously. But I'm talking about for gaming. Has it been a positive or a negative thing? Hmm. For the record, I'm going to exclude COVID-19 from my voting because I never want to be on the record as saying I didn't <laughs> choose COVID-19 over Facebook mandatory for Oculus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to run for like political office in the future and they're like, but back in 2020 you said COVID wasn't as bad as Facebook. Uh, well, I just... You guys- <laughs> I was deep throating a banana earlier in the podcast, so <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure my my political need, career is gone. So I obvious. need like a five second sensor button for you, um, and just just for you. <laughs> the deck now, you should just have like my face on it, and you just like. <laughs> I, I, I actually think I will. Um, <laughs> Cross. So, like I said, COVID nineteen is obviously the only winner, but outside of that, although I would say your point, Mike, around impact on gaming it actually there's never been a bigger sales year for gaming nintendo's like way up sony's way up microsoft's way up so like yeah you're right there but it's definitely the biggest billion but i'm gonna park it and i'm actually tossing between the smash community and facebook mandatory for oculus because facebook mandatory for oculus is just so annoying and like i'll never get an oculus because of it never ever um but the Smash one's pretty massive because there's a lot of literally like content creators I'll watch that they're gone. Like they're just off you. They're off the face. And of they were the like moment. top, like Zero was the off the top Smash 4 player. You know, like these are top players in the competitive community as well. Content creators. Yeah. Look, I, so, like, I, I, okay. So if we're, if we're kind of saying COVID-19 is almost like, well, it's unfair and if we're talking about the rest of them, then I'm leaning towards the Smash community as well. Yeah. I'll, I'll, can, we, can we not say the Smash community? Can we call that like the Smash, uh, what are they called? Perpetrators. No, but I think that there's a lot of people, like there's a lot of people out there that would also defending things. Like I just think. It, no. No. Like, man, when you're checking Reddit at the time. There yeah, were you're right. They were. were. They were. Now, there's a lot of people that are right to be. Um, cynical and say, okay, well, I'm going to wait to see facts. I'm not saying that. There's people out there that were actively saying that some of the stuff they were doing, which I will not mention, or alleged alleged to have done, were were fine. And it's like, look, 
anyway, I just it was a really dark period for what has other is otherwise a great community. Um, yeah, it is. But in that case, you know, there's still obviously there's a lot of good there. Whereas I can't see any good in the Facebook making. Oh, there's no good at all. So ba- basically, Facebook really, let's face it, want you well to have to have a mandatory account. So when they control you in your virtual world, that they want you to spend <laughs> as much time as possible. They are able to, as well as possible, keep you in there for as long as possible to serve you more ads and do whatever the hell they want to do. I think the implications to society down the track, VR becomes a big thing, are huge. There's going to be so yeah. many people that are going to be so messed you up. You could say that was, that was the story as soon as they bought Oculus. You know, like... That's the wider issue. Like This specific thing you're talking about is them making it mandatory to have a Facebook account and replacing just, the Oculus accounts and everything. Um, just before we kind just of just get too far into that, I just also want to make mention that the the bigotry that came out of when The Last of Us Part mm. 2 story leaked, mm. that was disgusting. Like, it was absolutely disgusting what people were out there saying. Um, and I'm not talking about people, when the game was released, criticising... Like and and constructively criticizing the issues they had with the game about it being too long. So I'm talking about the people that were actively out there brigading against it because because of the themes and the characters and everything. Mm. That was disgusting. I don't think it's worthy of being biggest villain of the year, but that uh, that was touching there with a also because it's villain, not villains. No. Yeah, again, technicality. You can't bucket everyone into a single thing. Of course you can. Can't. Okay, the last part two community. That's what these bigots do. A game, not just because of one particular thing. All right, so what do we say? I, I totally agree with what you're saying on the Last of Us stuff, Sweeney, by the way. Um, so, what, um, so, wait, what's the winner? Smash? For the loser? Well, let's say... I say let's go for the one that there is no well MSI. Let's there's probably no good there, but um, let's go with Facebook. I reckon because oh, there's okay. no there's no good part to that. You know what I mean? It's right. like there's still good to the Smash community. Last of Us Part Two was still a great game that a lot of people loved. MSI, whatever you know, COVID is. We said we're kind of excluded COVID. Honest mistake with MSI. Yeah. All right, cool. All right, let's let's get moving. All right, so the I'm next category is. This one's an interesting one. The biggest big week in gaming game of the year. So what that means, it's the game we talked about and covered the most on the podcast. It's like, okay, if we were going to say what game would we put as, I guess, the symbol of the podcast for what, you know, we, we didn't, we started mid-year, but basically there's still been a lot of games that we just talked about over and over and over again. Yeah. That's what this is. So we've got a couple of honourable mentions. Uh, one is Tales of Vesperia, because I've talked about that heaps, and uh, you talked about Rocket League a lot. But our actual mm. nomination, uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, Cyberpunk 2077, Control, Halo Infinite, and Animal Crossing New Horizons. It's obviously Smash Brothers. You guys won't shut up about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, I, I have a different view. I think... Different view. Okay, let's hear it. I think there's a recency bias around Cyberpunk, but we actually weren't talking about Cyberpunk that much earlier in the year, even though we knew it was coming. To me, I reckon the game that we should pick is Control, because the fact that we talk about Control so I know, much, I know. 
and it hasn't. It didn't come out this year or anything. Mike, you guys talk about Smash Bros. Literally every episode, there's something on it. No, but Mike, there was a whole period of time where we didn't talk about Smash Bros. Where there just seemed to be a new story. Whether or not it was, there's a new story about Control, or we're talking about Control because it's now on discount, or it's like it just happened to yeah. be mentioned all the time. Yeah. Across like our twenty four episodes, I reckon you could say control is probably mentioned on at least fifty percent of them. Well, then control it is. <laughs> All right, <laughs> and I'm always talk. saying, "Oh, I really want to play this game. Oh, I got to play this game." <laughs> and you still haven't played it. What? I By the way, it. Really I bought it. All right, I it. It is really cool. That was an easy one. All right, the next one is biggest pandemic time sink of the year. So this is yep. a category that hopefully we'll only ever have to include once in these uh, these yearly awards. Not in an um, inaugural one, yeah. yeah I, I think 2021 is going to be much better. So these are games that we played a lot in 2020 that were essentially perfect for relaxing and wasting a lot of time because a lot of us had a lot more time because we couldn't go anywhere. Oh, would you would you say be, there was a good thing with COVID that we got more time? Let's go on. All right, and stuff. Five not say that well. <laughs> five nominees for this. So we have Animal Crossing: New Horizons, Super yeah. Mario Maker Two. Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, Rocket League, and any Picross game. And Mike, well, I, I, you guys are... Mike I thought you yeah, would have added something to this category, but clearly you missed no, it. I thought I did. I actually added some stuff to some of these, and for whatever reason, In it's your mind. not So, Oh, yeah, that's the, that's the way Google Sheets works. It's very unreliable for that stuff. It's famous for being unreliable for that stuff. So, yeah, because I had stuff with this. But anyway, look, you guys and... Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. I feel like that is going to be it for you. I'm going to go Animal Crossing New Horizon. Um, I actually regret, in some ways, the amount of time I wasted on that game because I just feel <laughs> inside afterwards. I don't feel. I don't feel it did, didn't leave me satisfied. It left me feeling like I just I, I went to to the pokies or something, and I or I gambled at a casino, and I left with all that time wasted. It just didn't leave me satisfied at all. I regret, I regret wasting that time on that game. The only good thing about it was the cool co-op thing with my girlfriend. That was awesome. So I'm going to, I'm going to, just like I did with Ultimate Marvelous Capcom Three. I'm going to represent the community here, and I'm also going to say Animal Crossing: New Horizons. Cool. And the reason well, being of why I'm rep- representing is because I never played it, and I don't choose, yeah, really don't want it. to play it. But good. I'd say if there's any game that you could say that people just sunk so much time into and it launched early in the year, so it was like something that people are still playing, as you as you know, Intercot quite well. Um, mm. I reckon that that is essentially the 2020 Time Sync game of the year. It is. Oh, and just it- a quick update on Animal Crossing. So my wife, uh, for Christmas I got a... Uh, this is really crazy like four boxes each box series of cards for the animal crossing amiibo card thing and these things you get them and they're either like all doubles or like full sets or like it's quite random how it all works so it's like 400 cards in total and she opened them all up on christmas day she she said it was actually the best christmas present she's ever received wow and she she actually got all 400 and i was like so oh, thankful, man. Awesome. Like awesome. the amount of money, it's so expensive. This stuff, it's like ridiculous. Um, so I'm just so glad she's got them all. So now she's got the complete set because she's very well. Problem the, now, the amiibo cards. Well, are, Mike, are you, you cut out. What did you say? 
Is it a bit of a problem, you reckon, the amount of time she spends in that virtual world? Uh, family in the real world? <laughs> she's not spending it. It's, you look, I, I think she's not talking to you about. I think I think we need to have a whole segment on your ideas around investing time into games and wasting times into games. No, no, I'm just curious. Like, at what point has it does it does it become a bit of an addiction? Okay, are we all right? Let's let's uh, let's not spend too long on this because Animal Crossing Amiibo cards are also nominated in a category True. coming up. Yeah. True. True. All right. All right. So yeah, Animal Crossing was definitely always going to be my number one in that category. That was the first one that we all agreed on. Yep. Nice. Okay. Was it? Oh wow. Okay. Okay. So next one is biggest game none of us played of the year. So pretty straightforward. We didn't play any of these. So yep. now I think Mike, you put here COD Warzone. I mean, technically, I think the standalone launched this year, but I think the original Warzone launched with the Modern Warfare remake. I think last year, but okay. I think it's still like worth. I think it's still worthy of putting in Anne as an honorable mention. And I could be wrong about the whole launch of that as well. So the nominees, five of them, are Persona 5 Royal, Half-Life Alex, Crusader Kings 3, Yakuza Like a Dragon, and Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. To me, the clear winner is Half-Life Alex. Yeah, I agree. I, I actually feel that if I had played it, it would probably be the game of the year for me. Easily. I, I you know, I, as I said a few weeks ago, I went back to play Half Life, and it's been interesting because playing Half Life One, which came out in '98, Swinney, um, and then Mario '64, which came out in '96, like Half Life is just still so good. It's not clunky at all. Whereas Mario '64, you know, and it's a high bar, but it is a little bit clunky now, like playing through it. So Half Life's just amazing. Half Life for me easily, and then Persona Five Royal, like. Only for the fact that Persona 5 is a very old game now. Like, yeah, that would have been up there as well. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Half-Life Alex it is. And and Warzone did come out last year, but it was a part of Modern Warfare last year. So it got released by itself this year. Okay, next category is biggest waste of money of the year. (laughs) Now, this doesn't mean that it's not inherently negative. It could be something that we just admit that we wasted a lot of money, but it doesn't mean that we regret it. But then it could also be something we regret. So it's a bit of a mix. So we have uh, we have two honourable mentions. We have the Cyberpunk Collector's Edition. Um, and Mike, I think you put both of these. And 10,000 water yeah. cooling parts. Yep. So I kind of regret both. Look, I actually don't regret, regret either. I think the Collector's Edition is pretty cool. And I finally got my hands on it from my parents' place. Can I ask how much that was? I think it was like 430, 440 bucks. Yeah. It's huge though. Xbox, right? It's for Xbox. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, the actual box is, you know, big. All right. Yeah, I told you that. It takes up a whole car seat. Three erections worth. I like Uh, the whole car seat. Sensor button. Massive. All right. So, uh, and I actually think the content content in it as far as as you know collectors things go are pretty okay cool. all right cool all right water cooling parts, I, I highly regret i literally probably have about ten thousand okay. water cooling parts all right so the actual nominees is the cyberpunk <laughs> the cyberpunk xbox one x console mm. animal crossing amiibo cards which we just talked about <laughs> chem kemco games and all the micro transactions that swinney spent on them this year and last year um, yeah anyway 
uh, among us, as much as that's not a big purchase, it's still something we've talked about as being a regret on the podcast for certain uh, co-hosts. Mm. And Gamer Watch Super Mario Brothers. Hmm. And I feel like Game & Watch for me is like eliminated because it's just such a cool item. The reason I put it there is because when I actually talked about it, I kind of felt like I regretted it because it just, I didn't feel like I could use... It just didn't feel like it had much of a use. I liked it, but it's like, well, this I just spent like 70 bucks on this or whatever it was. It's like, well, um, was that really worth really what it is? Yeah. No. I don't think it wins yeah. this, but yeah. I- Damn, I really, I wish I had a better memory for this stuff, but you had that awesome line where it's essentially like, this worked exactly as intended and I was so disappointed. <laughs> I was like, yeah, like I don't know what I was expecting because it's exactly as advertised or something like that. That's exactly, yeah, that's yeah. perfect the way it's phrased. I mean, Among Us, like we only paid like seven, eight bucks, yeah, but we only played it once for like 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, oh, I played it on mobile, so suck it. I, I think Kemco, you're getting a lot of achievement stuff from Let it. Me so it's like. the Kemco stuff quickly so you know why. Mm. So, a lot of the Kemco games on release are like $25, right? So, they're not like $10 games. But then, Swinney being Swinney, being, being ridiculous. Also, when they launch, they have microtransactions with them. And oh. those microtransactions are things like double damage and triple experience and stuff and they generally cost about three or five dollars each and i will generally get like two of them each time i buy a kemco game and there's been about (laughs) there's been 12 kemco games released this year and i haven't bought the last two but i've bought the first 10 of them so when you add that up that's a lot of money you spent like 300 bucks on kemco games i don't regret it (laughs) <laughs> I like the hesitation. Well, yeah. That's the same as you probably for Animal Crossing Amiibo cards. You don't regret it, right? I think it's cool. Your wife enjoyed it. What's the to regret about it? Yeah, I don't have buyer's remorse. It's big money sink, but like then again, she said it's like the best present she ever got. Exactly. So. so I think it's an investment in okay. her love. It, it has <laughs> to be the Xbox One X console. Well, I don't regret it though. That's the no, thing. So I don't know. regret as much. It's it's like money sink yeah oh it's probably definitely that one i haven't even opened it so. <laughs> the fact is- but it's also a console and never run it properly exactly because it won't run it properly so what's the point of even opening it it's got to be the number one dude it's well, open it. I actually use it as a console but at the moment i just tbf'd can you can you do an unboxing on our channel and destroy it <laughs> destroy it you want me to actually get a bit <laughs> take it out the back just, just fake it just fake the this destruction i'm, I'm happy to say the cyberpunk source on console but i don't want to if Mike doesn't want no, that, no. I don't want to do it. So. I, don't, I can't. I can't pick the other one. So this is the only look. Actually, probably the, the game and watch. I wasn't super disappointed, but I don't think it was worth it. But it wasn't as much as the console, which was like what four hundred something bucks. So yeah, I'm going to go with the console. I think. All right, done. All right, cool. Done. All right, the next one. All right, now we're up to. Oh no, actually, there's one more before we get to those. The I was about to say character specific, the co-host specific ones. Um, so the, the next one is biggest mic drop of the year. So this is basically the biggest surprise, the biggest announcement that we're like, oh, what? You know, that happened? Like, what the hell? So there's a couple of honorable mentions here, and I'll explain why I think they're honorable mentions. So first is Mass Effect. That was a great announcement, but I don't think it was a surprise. So that's why I don't think it's really a mic drop. Um, and Perfect Dark, while it was a surprise, none of us were like, okay, that's the best announcement ever or anything like that. So the five nominees. Uh, first is Sephiroth in Smash Brothers, which was a great announcement of the Game Awards. 
I, I almost think that Steve should be in instead of Sephiroth. The reason I chose Sephiroth over Steve, because I thought about it, was Steve, we expected Steve. Yeah, that's true. I, I said Steve's almost guaranteed. Yeah. So. Whereas nobody, yeah. okay. we didn't honestly expect Sephiroth. So. That's true. That's the true. next one is Demon Souls Remake. Um, while yeah. I would say that that was rumoured in some way, mm. it was still, I think, a good surprise, especially as a launch title. Uh, Mario 3D All-Stars. Mm, I'm kind of now think about it. That one was like super like rumoured for so long. So I, <laughs> Yeah, you, we were arguing about it. You're yeah. going, it's guaranteed. So, I don't know. I'm almost... I'm almost willing to swap Mass Effect in for there, but uh, yeah, can we put Mass Effect yeah, in oh, for that? That's good. Um, I don't think Mass Effect's going to win, but I think it's a more worthy nomination. Now that I think about. Hey, it. don't 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 uh, juke the numbers. Okay. Don't manipulate. Um, uh, avowed, which honestly, I think a lot of people are probably like, wait. What is avowed? Because it kind of it came in the middle of all this stuff happening. So avowed is the big Obsidian you know, RPG that they announced in one of the Xbox uh, digital uh, shows. So that's basically the next big Obsidian RPG, and it looks poised to kind of be a, a big, possibly first-person RPG along the lines of something like a Skyrim or something, which is interesting now that Microsoft also owned Bethesda, but that's a different mm. Um So Avowed was a great announcement, and um, something that I keep forgetting was announced uh, this year, which was Final Fantasy sixteen. Mm. So I mm. I don't know where I fall with this one. I I love Sephiroth and Smash, but I think I'm almost thinking that Demon Souls remake is probably the best yep. thing here. That's my one that caught me by surprise, and damn, it was good. I, I'm gonna go Final Fantasy 16. Just I think you know, although yeah, it seems obvious, right? There's gonna be a 16. Just the way it was announced, and then also the fact that. It is a bit more of a going back into the franchise's history, and I think it's kind of like a change that most people wanted. So yeah, I'm I'm saying 16, but I think Demon Souls. The good thing about it is it seems like a great game. So cool, it's amazing. All right, now we've got three categories that are specific to us each. So a host specific category, starting with me, of course, because you know I'm the best. Is <laughs> Swinney's biggest smash main of the year. So for we've mentioned it in passing before, but I tend to play a lot of characters in Smash, sometimes to the detriment of not learning one well enough, but as as do I. You do, but you don't consider them all your mains. Like <laughs> No, that was a joke. That was a joke. I basically only play English. That's true, actually. I didn't pick up on that. All right. I'm an idiot. Uh, so I had to limit this, obviously, to five. Um, mm. There were some honorable mentions. Uh, Peach, which I did play quite a bit during the year, but that's one of my older mains. Uh, and Ike is a, my main for Brawl that um, I play quite a bit, but nothing compared to the next five. So the five nominees are Byleth, Terry, Hero, Cloud and Corrin. And I played these all crap low because I actually played started playing Smash Brothers for the first time this year, even though the game only came out obviously came out a while back. So twenty eighteen. I I don't know how you feel uh Indigot, because you're the you're probably the victim a lot of the time of these. Oh, hey, we're about even. We're about even, <laughs> thank you very much. Um I I can't I can't go past Byleth. I think I just put the oh, most time. Okay. I think I put the most time in the Byleth. Um, but what's the question? Is it the best main or it's the biggest main? 
<laughs> the biggest fan. I think I think I was don't not like so Corin super annoying. I hate that character, but no, Cloud no, Terry no. Is it's always gonna be between Hero and Bile. Well, I've put I, more time to playing Terry than Hero. Um just a lot more online as well, like playing by myself with Terry. But uh I think I can't go past Byleth because I just the distance demon is just like awesome. And Sephiroth's not on here because I haven't played Sephiroth enough, but that's I, I love those characters. Those characters that have huge reach. So, I think it's hero. I think it's hero because that's just <laughs> your personality. My personality, it's just like trolling and random. Yeah, trolling, random. Cra- I don't know. So, just to explain the character quickly, Mike, it's basically a core component of this character is it has a menu where it can select special moves, like an RPG, and then some of them, some of them are insanely powerful, like they self destruct. Right. Yeah, so it's very swinny. Like, he's losing, and then something happens that he gets luck, and then he wins, and he's like, oh, how good am I? I'm like, this is bullshit. You just got lucky. And it's so annoying. And it's like, that to me is him. <laughs> it's like this character is the embodiment of him. Oh, that's good. So anyway, you said Byleth. Right? I think Byleth wins. Yeah. <laughs> all right, the next one. Um, did you guys want to introduce these ones, or you want me to introduce them? Oh, uh, no, you introduce them. You okay, introduce them. So- and I talk about the... Okay, cool. So the next category is Mike's biggest Souls-inspired Souls-like Metroidvania of the year. So basically, the criteria is any game that Mike played. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) Which is 90% uh, Souls-like Metroidvanias. Um, So it doesn't mean every one of these is Metroidvania or Souls-like, but basically any of the games uh, kind of fit. So the the five nominees are Blasphemous, Morbid, The Seven Acolytes, Vigil, The Longest Night, Demon Souls, as in the remake, and Salt and Sanctuary. And by the way, these so, all didn't have to come out this year. It's just the games he played. Yeah, correct. So this this, this was a tough one, but I'll, I'll get straight to the point. Um, it was a toss between Blasphemous and Demon Souls. I love Salt, Salt and Sanctuary. Finally played it. It's been out for a while. Amazing game. You guys should absolutely play it. Um, Morbid. Mm, wasn't a big fan in the end. Didn't end up finishing it. Vigil, still playing it. It's it's not bad. Bunch of bugs. Demon Souls, amazing. But I think ultimately Blasphemous was the one that caught me by surprise. And I enjoyed the most. And I, I do believe you played this one as well, Swinny, yeah. on Xbox? No, I've got it on... I played all of these other than I've Demon Souls. I've got it Souls, on obviously. Switch, Blasphemous. I've only played okay. the early part of it, but it's really good. It's really, really cool. Yeah, it's very, it's, it's. I, I love the 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 art in it. Great gameplay. Really cool game. Caught me by surprise. So I'm gonna go for that one. Sorry, Demon Souls. As much as I love you, you've won too many other awards. Cool, Blasphemous wins. All right. So the next uh, host specific category is Intergot. So it's Intergot's biggest amiibo of the year. So basically, his favorite amiibo that was released in 2020. Uh, so the nominees are Joker, Hero. Dark Samus and Richter. So I actually went back to double check all of these got released this year because there were some re-releases. I mean, the Amiibo cards for Animal Crossing are a re-release, so I'm not counting them. Um, I was actually surprised it was only four because there were so many Amiibo announcements this year, but a lot of stuff was released late last year and then a lot of things are getting released next year. Well, also, including- I did originally say you could include the announcements, but I think you wanted to make it specific to release. I want to keep it pure. Keep it pure. Um, 
I, like all of these amiibo are really, really cool. Like I could make a case for any of them. Maybe Richter is probably the clear fourth. Hero, very, very cool amiibo, but I, I don't have a massive, you know, like attachment to di- a Dragon Quest. Dragon Quest? No, I'm even getting the name wrong. Um, yeah, it. It's definitely between like Dark Samus and Joker, but oh, it's really close because I'm much more attached to the Metroid franchise. Obviously, not Dark Samus because I haven't gone through the Prime games yet, but. I have to give it to Joker. Like, if you see that amiibo, it looks insanely cool. Like, it's just an incredible little figure. So that's my number one. Uh, next year, there's heaps coming out. So this is going to be a competitive category. Cool. All right. And just just while we're doing it on the run, can we skip to the the last, the added category before we get into the final okay. two? Yeah, that's fine. So we just wanted to talk about essentially the biggest Don't Forget Me games. The games mm. that haven't actually been nominated for anything, so we just wanted to kind of give them a bit of a shout-out. Um, so the first was Kentucky Route Zero, and the last episode of that was a, a, uh, released in 2020. So that's now a full, complete uh, series, and I think it started in 2013, so it's good. And very, very well regarded. I st- I've still got it in Steam. I haven't played it one at some point I will, but... Um, Final Fantasy VII Remake, obviously a huge game, and... Uh, Mm. there's just been unfortunately i just don't think it was it just didn't fit in the last two categories that we had um but still deserves a call out next is man eater which is a very uh very fun game that i've watched a lot of footage of i've played myself i don't know if any of you guys have played it no i like no, that yeah that so fun. that looks really really fun where you're a shark uh you know doing shark things Destiny 2 Beyond Light, a huge expansion. Um, Apparently, I don't know how well it's been received, but uh, Destiny 2 is is obviously a huge game, but it didn't really fall into any categories. And the last one is Mm. probably, I'd say, probably even the biggest game here, is Ghost of Tsushima, which, Mike, you definitely played. Um, Yeah, it's... uh, That game is almost, like, perfect perfect for Swinney. I love my third person, you know, but perfect for Swinney, but Swinney doesn't Swinney don't have a PS4 or PS4. He's he's an Xbox fanboy. You're you're just going to skip the PS4, right? Because the PS5's got the backwards compatibility, so... Well, yeah, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk about it before I actually really want to get a PS3 first, so I can catch up on some of those games. So, So Ghost is like a game that's built for you, man, because you you know Japanese, and I, I haven't played it, but people that I respect sort of go, hey, this game is basically a better Assassin's Creed, but yeah. set in, you know, feudal Japan. And I'm like, wow, this sounds like the perfect game for Sweeney. Oh, yeah, I would. Yeah, I- I'm going to give it the nod. I think it's oh, like yeah. such a massive game and we don't talk about it at this all. This is not an actual so... category. I wasn't going to select the winner from it. Oh, I am. <laughs> oh, okay, let's go with that. Okay, you're uh... right, there you go. <laughs> I'm going to go with Final Fantasy VII Remake because... To me, it's also the biggest regret of this year. I was looking forward to that game for many, many years since it was announced. And then I got my hands on launch day and I played it for a little bit and then life got in the way and I stopped. And I'm like, what What the hell? It's an amazing game. And I just never got back into it yet. So now I'm waiting for a patch for PS5. You should have put that in the games we haven't played of the year because you've really... Probably, probably should have put that, actually, yeah. <laughs> right. Well, I played it. I didn't play it enough. Okay. Uh, so, so that's the one for me. What are you going to go, Swinny? I already said Ghost of Tsushima. I wasn't oh, going to spend cool. long on this, so... <laughs> <laughs> there we go. 
All right. No uh, our last two categories. So we've got uh, this is another pairing. Biggest small game of the year. So it's our favorite mm. small game of the year. When I say small game, it's a game in small in scope, small in, you know, it's generally indie titles. You know, some may be published by big uh, names, but they're generally small games that don't take a lot of time. Well, one does take a lot of time, but anyway, it's they're generally smaller experiences. And uh, then we'll obviously have the biggest big game of the year to round it out. But for biggest small game of the year, we have uh, one honorable mention. I put Monster Vieta. That's actually a Kemco game, but I actually think it's a fantastic game. Um, it's interesting. We've, we've got Monster Sanctuary as a nominee. Monster Vieta is actually kind of similar in a lot of ways where you're collecting monsters in an RPG format. But our nominees for biggest small game of the year is Tell Me Why. Don't Nod's uh, cool, episodic um, uh, supernatural story. Uh, Monster Sanctuary, Cross Code, Mortal Shell, and Call of the Sea, which I don't know how Call of the Sea actually got on here because I didn't. I shoved it on there because I thought it looked cool and you gave a really good review of it. <laughs> well, I, I, yeah, while you're like, you know, correcting your PS, PS4 in the video. But um, that's interesting. I'm, I'm, I like Call of the Sea. I, don't know if I'd put it up against any of the rest of these, though. So, okay. but uh, yeah. So I don't know. Where do you want to start, Intigot? So I feel like this is unfair, but because I haven't played CrossCode, I had installed it and then I uninstalled it because I'm like, I've really got to play these games of some other year um, and catch up to you guys. Uh, oh, sorry, clarify. CrossCode is on this year because it was released on uh, consoles this year. That's why. Oh, that's a bit of a cheat. Um. I, I feel like Monster Sanctuary, just because part of the intention of the biggest small game is to shine a light on games as well. And I feel like that game just doesn't have any light shone on it at all. And it, it's a really cool game. It's a really cool game. Like you ended up giving it, what, like eight and a half in the end? And I gave it like eight, so. Yeah. Mike? Well, unfortunately, I haven't played anything other than Mortal, Sh- Mortal Shell. So... Kind of have to go with that one. <laughs> this this does pro- make it a little prob- problematic. This is going to be a problem. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I have to. I have to go cross code. Um, oh, okay. cross code. Cross code is just that game, Mike. Uh, yep. I reckon you'd love cross code. That's a lot. Okay. Um, What's it a boot? I like how I like how Swinney's putting Crosscode as the winner in the no, dark. I'm, I'm not the one putting. <laughs> Don't choose me doing that. Oh, I'm not the sorry, purple Colin. square. Mike, Crosscode is a is like a top-down 2D action RPG, but it's set in an MMO world, but just from a story standpoint. But it's absolutely fantastic, and it's got great, not only great like action gameplay, but its puzzles are just so well done, and it's like, it's fantastic game i cannot recommend cross code enough monster sanctuary i think is a fantastic game but to me cross code is just that is to me the best small game of the year the problem with cross code is that it's a long game it's like 40 50 hours yeah it's not a short game so if we're talking about a smaller experience well monster sanctuary is also not a short game no, it's it's probably just as much yeah. to be honest. Whereas the other ones, like Mortal Shell, I've heard isn't super long, but tell me why I'm called to see are definitely smaller experiences. So I don't think okay. that's a, that's something we should judge it on. It's probably more so small in terms of it's not a big AAA title. Yeah, correct, correct, correct. 
All right. See, I would brought the messenger in here if it was this year and if we're allowed to put stuff that we played this year. Well, I see. I almost now debate this whole thing because Crosscode didn't come out this year. Oh, then I would have put then I would have put the messenger in no, here. The reason, no, it, no, but the messenger came got released on consoles. Didn't get released on consoles this year. This came out in twenty eighteen. Crosscode. Yeah. I, I like. I've got to object. All right, yeah. this is no, a let me, objection. Let me, let me clarify. The reason why I think it deserves it is because it was released on all three plat- uh, console platforms this year. If it was just released on one of them and it was released on the other ones, I think that the fact that it was released on all three platforms this year, I think, makes it uh, gives it some credence there. But I'm happy. Mm, so if you, really I don't like. I don't care enough about this to spend ages debating it. <laughs> I love that response. I don't really care about all of this. Yeah, yeah, like a three-hour mark. Let's just move on. <laughs> all right. We need a better, better checking before. No, I I specifically knew that that could come up. So, so are we? So, are we going with that, or are we going with monster? Yeah, let's, let's go with that. I know it's a really good game. All right, so. cool. All right. Now, the biggest category, the biggest big game of the year. Now, the as as I mentioned at the top, we haven't. Not all of us have played these games. So this is more about what we think the overall biggest release of the year was. What moved the needle? What was the game of 2020? Um, but we did limit it generally to things that were released in 2020, although on the honourable mentions, I'll mention there is an exception there. So there's actually f- four honourable mentions. So first is Flight Simulator. Second is Doom Eternal. Third is Among Us, which was the exception there, just like the Game Awards. And I also added Genshin Impact because that was a huge game this year, but it's an honorable mention um, just because it's I don't think it fits with the rest of the field. So the five nominees are Animal Crossing New Horizons, Cyberpunk 2077, The Last of Us Part 2, Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout, and Hades. Who wants to open the floor? Cyberpunk. <laughs> I feel like Among Us probably should replace Fall Guys, but I, again, I don't think for me either of those would be my biggest big game of the year. And either. It's Cyberpunk, I, obviously. I do think it's between Animal Crossing, Cyberpunk, and The Last of Us, personally. Mm, I agree. It's, it's definitely between on one of them, sorry. But which one? It's hard. I could make a case for all three. Like... I really could see I'm Last of Us. I'm allowed to actually even vote on this because I'm the only one that's played all three. So. No, no, no. We already said at the start, it's not about playing the game. It's just like right. the impact. <laughs> I get it. One thing to remember with Animal Crossing is, and I know you guys probably haven't, um, you know, done this, but just for anyone mm-hmm. that might be listening, is just remember that came out at the start of the year. So the fact... Well, the pandemic, yeah. Yeah. So whereas... You know, like Last of Us Part Two is, I guess, like it was around the middle. Like it, that was earlier, but Animal Crossing has essentially, I think, still kind of you know been in the ether and been a thing for almost an entire year. I think. Um, whereas Cyberpunk is obviously just you know not its right. fault is at the end of the year, but it's it's tough. It's super tough because you could make a huge argument for each of the three. I definitely personally, I think it's between Animal Crossing or Cyberpunk. It's, but the thing is, I feel like Last of Us, you know, I don't know. I'm really big on thinking about what what is this going to look like in five years when you look back at it? Like, that's important to me because I feel like that's kind of the point of what you're trying to say with these things, the legacy stuff, right? And Animal Crossing, you know, I think it's a fantastic game, but 
I do acknowledge even your points, Winnie. It's probably not the best Animal Crossing game. Like even New Leaf is better of an Animal Crossing game than New Horizons so far with what they've done with the DLCs and all of, all of that kind of stuff. Um, mm. Last of Us Part Two, I feel like eventually probably will go down as the best game of this generation. Mm. That was meant to be Cyberpunk. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe it still will. <laughs> when they so are we, are we up, going I... to? Are we going to take uh, some uh, negative we... points for the fact that Cyberpunk essentially didn't deliver on on, or it delivered a very flawed experience for a lot of people? Oh, God, this is really really tough. Actually, I do think ultimately, oh, I just you know the thing with Cyberpunk because Witcher Three released with massive bugs on consoles. It did, but it still ran well. That's the problem. Like, not the problem, yeah. but that's the difference. Is it still ran well? Um, it didn't run run like a pile of crap on base consoles. Well, it wasn't. A, you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of yeah, yeah, yeah I do. I do. It's I, too, I, the biggest game is also it's a little too open for. That's why the fun, the fun of yeah. it. Yeah, there's it can, you can view it from from so many different angles because I think. The Last of Us as an experience was still one of the most memorable experiences I had and was one of the most polished experiences. Maybe think about it this year, like when you think of the year, you know, 2018, 2019, 2020, what was the one game you could say like was this is 2020? Yeah, for me, for me, it's Cyberpunk. But again, it's tainted because I'm playing it now. Shouldn't that be for like the year 2077? (laughs) You idiot. I'm now saying my point. Mm-hmm. I'll do my vote to Animal Crossing because now when I think about it, like in the future, I think like the funny thing about Animal Crossing, it came out pretty much at the start of the pandemic when it hit the Western world. And it's almost the antithesis of the pandemic. It's all about, you know, this beautiful little island and you're getting other people to come and, you know, it's all socializing and, and people. It's kind of like the opposite of the it's pandemic. Almost like, like, it's almost like Nintendo released COVID. Yeah. As a marketer, just to get by Animal Crossing. <laughs> but even when I say that, I still allegedly struggle <laughs> cyberpunk because it's just like I feel like in five years' time you go, people would still talk about cyberpunk yeah, like as the most cyberpunk, yeah. disastrous launch of a game ever. But also maybe maybe they'll redeem themselves by then. I don't think they'll ever fully redeem themselves, but I feel like in two three years' time they would have added so much to the game and. But people- but that's. I, I think that, that that will then turn it into a triple A version of No Man's Sky, which is even bigger. Yeah. Yeah. You know, which exactly. to me makes it even more important to put it as the biggest big game. Because then you go back, man, that game launched in a totally broken state and they worked their asses off and got it on working on consoles that no one even plays anymore, you know, all that kind of stuff. So controversial, but then kind of last of it was kind of controversial as well. So where, where do you where do you sit, Winnie? You're holding your cards close to your chest. <laughs> you always think I'm doing. You always think I'm doing some like you know like risk strategy. Contrarian, yeah, some contrarian <laughs> business. You're waiting for us to pick, so then you can do your hero smash style move. <laughs> I honestly, you could make a case for like specifically these three. You could make a case for any of them. I still think mm. it's. Uh, I'm leaning towards Animal Crossing simply because. Oh, okay. The reason being is, and I, I've always thought about this. We've mentioned before on the podcast, like this feels like the game of 2020 because mm. just look at now. I know we're not talking about sales here, but just the amount of people playing Animal 
Crossing New Horizons. Now, I know Cyberpunk sold a lot, but Animal Cro- there's people playing Animal Crossing that just don't play games and are talking yeah. about it. You know, like the fact that I know this is very specific to, you know, different you know, friendship groups and, you know, the people that you generally, you know, hang around with. But like the fact that, you know, all the partners are people also playing the game as well as the. Yeah. As, as yeah, the yeah. I yeah. just think that, and the, when you add it in with the fact that we're in, you know, during the pandemic and kind of, you know, Melbourne especially was in a lockdown and stuff. Mm. Um, it just kind of, it feels like the perfect game for this year, for the the, mm. the absolute crap hole <laughs> yeah. that has been 2020. Animal Crossing has been, and this is coming from someone that hasn't even played it and has no desire to play it because I've had my fill of Animal Crossing with, with, with Double to Nomori, you know. No, anyway. um, but I think this. I I gotta say that I reckon it's the game of 2020, and that's coming from someone that loves CD Projekt Red's games. You know, so you you've steered me towards that because it just made me think. Oh, actually, Mike and I were in a group chat with our partners and some other people just on Animal Crossing, yeah. and like, hey, my island selling it, you know, for this amount of dollars or bells, and you know, everyone jumped on, like, you know crazy stuff like we don't have a cyberpunk group chat or a last of us part two group chat so yeah my partner played it quite a lot probably mm. more than me. her sisters got into it yeah and okay I, I, i'm swayed as well yeah I, I, it's unanimous now it's unanimous yeah. animal crossing animal crossing new horizons is the biggest big game of the year for 2020 Congratulations. COVID, Nintendo. All right, we've gone long, so I think we'll wrap up the episode. Uh, if you do enjoy the podcast, make sure you like, subscribe, tell a friend, buy our merch, jump on our Patreon, do all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that we all have, of course. And uh, we will be back next week. Uh, next week. I forgot what we were going to cover. What we were going to cover, Swinney? Well, we haven't decided yet because we're going to cover Donkey Kong Country on the 10th episode. Oh, no, no, no. So what, what we're going to cover is our New Year gaming resolutions. That's oh, right. that's I right. Forgot. Yes, yes. Playlist yeah. games. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, that's, I'm really going to be interested because we've never actually got Mike on the record. Swinney does this normally, uh, but it's going to be fun to see Mike actually go, okay, these are the things I'm going to do from a gaming perspective. I'm sure it's going to be fun. and. Uh, we're going to track his progress, all of our progress uh, through the year. So join us then next week. Bye-bye. See ya. Ciao.